participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in New York City. I am pumped for today's show. This is a very special day. In fact, tomorrow... My daughter turns five, so I love this time of the year. Happy birthday. Happy early birthday to Claire. So much going on in the world of MMA. There's an actual event happening tonight. Literally, you can sit here for the next three to four hours and then roll right into PFL. We've got UFC 267 on Saturday, a fantastic card from Abu Dhabi, a.k.a. Island Abu Dhabi, a.k.a. Island Boy Dhabi. More on that uh, in a moment. I screwed that up, but you get the point. 268 next week in Madison Square Garden. There's just so much going on. We've got a star-studded show for all of you. Some of the biggest names in the world of MMA and fighting are stopping by. Mike Perry, we found out yesterday, joining Bare Knuckle FC. 
what the heck happened? How did this happen? We'll get his first thoughts at 3.30. Yoani on Jacek has been on everyone's mind, removed from the rankings. Is she going to fight again? When is she going to fight? Does she want to fight? Is she getting enough money? We'll talk to her at 3 o'clock. Cain Velasquez, I've been searching for this guy. This is like the Sasquatch edition of the MMA Hour. I've been searching for Cain. I've been trying to talk to Cain for quite some time. Sean Strickland, first time ever on the program. I hear he's uh, a bit of a different cat. I'm looking forward to talking to him. Rico Verhoeven, who's the reigning defending glory heavyweight champion, had that amazing fight against Jamal Ben Sadiq this past weekend. He'll join us. Before we get to our first guest, a quick word that today's program is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use the code THEMMAHOUR. That's THEMMAHOUR for a special offer when you sign up. That's code THEMMAHOUR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The reason why I'm talking like the Micro Machine guy is because we have no time to waste at the top of the show. I love when we get right into things. Tonight, my friends, is the PFL finale, the final PFL event of 2021. A bunch of big names on the cards, uh, on the card, a lot of money at stake, million-dollar title fights galore. You got Clarissa Shields, you got Kayla Harrison, and you've got a fascinating co-main event rematch involving Magomed, Magomed Kherimov, and Ray Cooper III. Ray Cooper, a.k.a. Brada Boy, is competing, and he's had an amazing 2021 campaign. A lot of people didn't think he'd beat Roy McDonald. He did beat Roy McDonald. He's in the finale. He's looking to go back-to-back. And how about this? For the first time in the history of this program, my friends, we are talking to an individual who is fighting literally hours from now. I'm not talking about days from now. I'm not talking about next week. I'm not talking about this weekend. I'm talking about like six, seven hours from now. Ray Cooper is a legend, and he's kind enough to join us right off the bat via the magic of Zoom. Ray? What's up, my man? Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Hey, how's it going, Arrow? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I really appreciate you doing this. It's fight day, and we won't keep you long, but it's just so special that it's a Wednesday. Our show's on a Wednesday, and I, I understand that you know, you, you're know you you doing us a huge favor here, so tip of the cap to you, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, can I ask you first things first? Obviously, the, the most glaring thing is the hair is gone. What happened yesterday? Yeah, um, this is something I have to do. Uh, during the weight cut, and it was coming a little bit close, and yeah, I just had to chop it off, make that weight. Was that hard for you to do to come to terms with that? You, I, I heard you, you've been growing it for nine years. Yeah, I grew it for nine years since my my firstborn child, and yeah, it's all right. I can grow them back. What's the significance? Like why? Like why did you not cut it for nine years? Uh, I don't know. Just I just wanted to grow it and. Yeah, that was it. When I cut my hair after a week, it, it like feels nice. What's it feel like for you? I can't imagine. Like, are you touching it all the time? What's it, it must be a little bit freeing, right? Yeah, um, I don't know. It just feels feels different. It feels weird, but it's all right. Um, obviously, big fight tonight. Uh, Magomed Magomed uh, is a guy that a lot of people wanted to see you fight again. Could you tell us? Fight day, like literally six hours before the fight. What what are you usually doing when you're not talking to you know numbskulls like me? What are you actually doing on fight day a few hours before the fight before you go to the arena? Uh, I'll be sleeping right now. <laughs> I'm on Hawaii time. I don't get on. I don't change my time time schedule. I'm, I stay on my own time zone, and so by the time the fight comes, uh, that's gonna be my my first training session. So uh, it's perfect for me. 
Um, and are you a guy that you don't strike me as the kind of guy that gets nervous, that gets anxious? Do you feel a little different on fight day, or is it the same as any other training day? Yeah, it's the same as any other training day. It's just going to be a 25 minute training training session, and um, yeah, um, I can't wait to uh, get the, get my rematch back and get the title. Has it fueled you to get this rematch to to exact revenge? I, I know you said it's not personal. But, you know, considering you fought before and it didn't go your way, is that something that has fueled you over the last couple of years? Um, I mean, I, with with the season format, you don't know who you're going to fight. Um, anything can happen. Magomed never fought in the first the first season fight. He only fought in the second one. And um, I really don't didn't know if I was going to fight him. I didn't know if I was going to fight Rory. And that's the whole um, good thing about the PFL. You don't know who you're going to fight. And uh, whoever it is, you got to be ready for it. So... I'm glad to see him. I get to do, get my rematch back and yeah. True or false, you have improved a hell of a lot more than he has since you fought for the first time a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, I think I did. I think I improved uh, way more just with the ring, ring experience and um, yeah, just being more comfortable in there. Would you say that your fight against Roy was your best performance in PFL so far? I thought you showed an incredible... Um, you know, array of talent, of skills, well-rounded. You know, obviously he's a big name. I thought that you shine brightest in that fight, and you've had some amazing moments in the last few years in PFL, but that to me was one of your best, if not the best performance of your PFL run. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I would say it was, a, it was a good performance, but I think my best fight was against Shields. And um, But yeah, just to win dominantly on Rory like that when uh, everybody thinks I don't have wrestling, um, I grew up wrestling, so yeah, yeah, it was a pretty big experience. Aren't you like a three-time state champion in high school wrestling or something like that? Yeah, and yet everyone was so surprised that you were able to uh, <laughs> compete with Roy McDonald on the mat. You must have laughed at that. Yeah, but nobody knows about Hawaii wrestling, and um, everybody looks at if you an um, D one D one wrestler or an All American. So um, yeah, but I believe in my wrestling, so. A lot was made of the fact that you used to train, uh, you know, in your garage, at home, with your family. Do you still do that? Yes, I still do that. No gym? No gym. So the pandemic was like, n- nothing changed for you? No, it was perfect. Uh, <laughs> I just had to wake up, go downstairs in my garage and train. Why don't you train in a gym? Um, I just, I'm not into it. Um, I don't need all the drama with everybody. Uh, with any other fighters, um, I can control what happens in my gym, and yeah, just not that. I just not that person. I don't like training in a big gym. I like to be secluded, and yeah. Did you used to train in a gym and not like the vibe, and then decided to, you know, to keep it in house? Um, I used to train in just one smaller gym. It was my auntie, and my auntie and my uncle's gym. It was just a small gym, but um, I grew up dra- training in my garage from when I was little, so. Just to go back and do it again, it was it was more comforting for me. And is it is it is it more like a you know like a boxing training camp where everything is centered around you? There aren't other fighters preparing for fights. It's all just about you, Ray Cooper. Um, most of the time, yeah. Um, but I get my brothers that train with me too, and they fight too. So, um, but when I'm fighting, it's my dad focuses on me. Yeah, and they do the same thing. Your yeah. brothers do the same thing. They don't go to gyms. No, we all do the exact same thing. So they're all in the same exact shape as me. 
how how old were you when you went to your first MMA fight? When I went to my first MMA fight, I was about probably six or seven. Was that to see your dad? Yeah, to watch my dad fight. Uh, he was fighting. I think Jake. He fought Jake Shields at the time. Oh my God, that's wild! And then you, of course, fought him. Was that at Blaisdell? That's the Blaisdell. Yeah. Were you nervous for your dad? Your dad's in a cage fight. Like, did you feel scared for him? You're six years old. No, I thought my dad was on superhero at the time, so I didn't think anybody could beat him. And then that happened, and I understood that it's a competition, and you gotta you gotta be ready for anything. And did you? Say to yourself, do you remember saying to yourself as a six-year-old, that's what I want to do when I grow up as well? Yeah, I told myself I was going to fight the guy that beat up my dad. and Come on. <laughs> I did it. You actually yeah. told yourself that? You remember this? Yeah, I remember that, that specific moment. Yes, and you did beat Jake Shields. That's inc- What a story. That's unbelievable. Why do they call you Brada Boy? Um, it's just a nickname my dad. Um, back, in, back at home, Brada is like an... It's like a... It's like an all-around nickname for everybody, but that's just what my my grandma used to call my dad, and they used to call me Brother Boy because I was the son of him. So, yeah, it's just a nickname. And as you know, there's a rich history of fighting in Hawaii. Obviously, your father, BJ Penn, so many others. Do you feel like you get enough attention, enough credit for being part of the new wave of Hawaiian fighters? Do you feel like enough people talk about you? Um, I don't really care about um, that Hawaiian wave or whatever, whatever the thing is. Um, I just I compete because I love the sport. Plenty of these Hawaii guys, they don't, they never grew up doing this and they don't understand the, the ins and outs of it. Um, they just do them because they like being a, on a big show and get famous. But uh, I've been competing my whole life and I love I love what I do. I love this sport from when I was young. So yeah. Fighting back home is that is that something that fuels you? Would you like to go back and fight now that you've become a much bigger name in the sport? Would you like to go back home and fight there? Um, yeah, I would love to fight at home, but right now things is not going so well, and um, yeah, it's all right. But I just I love traveling too, traveling the world and fighting. Is this the last fight on your PFL contract? Uh, I believe so. It's the last one. Ray Cooper's about to get paid, not just tonight, but, I mean, you're one of the biggest stars outside of the UFC. I hope they they treat you well over there. Yeah, they, they treat me awesome, man. Yeah, it's, um, I have no complaints. You want to stay? Um, well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, uh, we still got to talk about it. I'd love to stay, but we got to talk about it. I'm not, I'm not even focused on that, but yes. I'm just focused on this fight. Yeah, and I will let you go. Let me ask you, how do you win tonight? In about like seven hours from now on ESPN2, how do you exact revenge against Magomed, Magomed Kherimov? I'm going to knock him out tonight. Let's go. First round, second yeah. round, third, fourth? I don't know, but he ain't going to walk out that ring. That's right. And then when you do that, you get on the microphone, you say, that's for the MMA hour. I went on the MMA hour. Good vibes only. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll take that as a uh, a maybe. Um, Ray, <laughs> this was awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm sorry to bother you. I hope we didn't wake you up or ruin your day. Good luck tonight. Pulling for you, my man. And I uh, can't wait for the fight. So really appreciate it. Uh, mahalo. All right, well, Ariel. All right. Hello. All right, take care. There he is, Ray Cooper the third. I mean, what a mensch. What a Hawaiian mensch. Coming on the program. I mean, the guy's fighting... 
literally a main card, a prelim start at 4.30 on ESPN Plus, my former home, platform chill and I built. Of course, you know that by now. Hands, shoulders. Uh, main card starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. Movlid Chaibulev against Chris Wade. Bruno Capeloza against Ante Delhia. Abigail Montez against Clarissa Shields, who we talked to on Monday. Ray Cooper against Magomed, Magomed Kharimov, welterweight finale. And then, of course, Kayla Harrison against uh, Taylor Guardado. And they fought once before back in the day. I believe it was the 2018, yes, 2018 finale in New York. Cooper looked good in that fight. Ended up making a mistake. Guillotine choke. Second round. Came back. Won. Then got knocked out by John Howard. Since then, he hasn't lost. Beat Chris Curtis, who's in the UFC. Beat David Michaud. Beat Jason uh, Ponet. Beat Nikolai. Alec Sachin. And then beat Roy McDonald back in August, which I think was his best performance uh, in... PFL. That was August 13th, and now he's fighting in the finale. He won the uh, the belt and the million dollars back in 2019. And then he beat David Michaud via ground and pound. So he wins the million dollars. They didn't have a 2020 season. And of course, he is uh, undefeated in this particular season. So this is fun stuff. Guys, literally 430 We'll be done. Ah, 4.30, 4.45. You roll into that. we got a fun night of fighting coming up. This is the, uh, the table setter. If you want. Some might say it's the people's main event. You be the judge. But I'm very excited for that, especially after talking to Kayla Harrison and Clarissa Shields on Monday and now talking to Ray Cooper. And again, shout out to the good folks over at the PFL for the great setup. I mean, this is just special stuff when you get the, 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 the background and it's out of focus and the guy's focus and the lighting. I mean, that is incredible stuff. So I appreciate them very much. And of course, I will be watching this evening as well. Now, a uh, bit of an update, bit of an update for all of you. In 15 minutes, we'll be joined by the glory heavyweight uh, world champion, Rico Verhoeven, who had an all-time classic. I know it's the MMA hour, but And he has dabbled in MMA. Of course, that's kickboxing. But holy smokes, did you see the way he looked after that fight? Did you see the way he looked during the fight? Massive cut under his left eye. Uh, ben Sadiq rocked him, took him to the depths of hell, but he was able to win via fourth-round TKO. I mean, just incredible stuff. I mean, look at that picture. We got a picture right over there. Look at that picture. Look at his face. Look at Rico Verhoeven's face. Can you see that? Maybe we have a closer shot. I don't know. I mean, look at that. Look at him after the, sh the fight, for God's sakes. Look at his face. He said that he tried to use the face ID on his iPhone, and the phone wouldn't recognize him. In any event, last week on the program, we'll get to him in a bit. Last week, uh, excuse me, on Monday on the program, I was talking to Connor, GC, and we were talking about the, uh, the smash hit single, Island Boy. Uh, I don't even know the name of this group or the names of the two gentlemen uh, who sing the song, and this has taken a life of its own, my friends, because I threw out the offer to anyone. By the way, I should have asked Ray Cooper, but I didn't want to bother him. He's fighting in like six hours. Uh, anyone fighting in Abu Dhabi this Saturday, I said, listen, anyone, Corey Sanhagen, Jan Bachovic, anyone fighting on this card, 
if you walk out to Island Boy, I will immortalize you on this wall, the most prestigious wall in all of mixed martial arts. Forget about the wall by the staircase at the apex, which is where they have the UFC Hall of Fame. This to me, way more prestigious. I will immortalize you on this wall. Put your picture up there if you walk out to some variation of Island Boy. Now, quick pause in the action. Uh, a lot of people at the time said that they were unfamiliar with the song. I don't know where they've been living. Nine and a half million views, last I checked. It's one of the hottest singles. Uh, I heard it's on the top 40. I heard it's number one on Spotify, etc., etc. Apple Music, you get the point. In case you are unfamiliar with this song, and in case you want the song to be stuck in your head for the next 72 to 96 hours, this is Island Boy. Because I'm an island boy, and I've been trying to make. Yes. Oh, I'm an island, island boy. boy. Hey, I'm just island, island boy. boy. I'm just island, island boy. boy. I'm just island boy. I'm going to get Island, island boy. boy. You're going to keep that guy. I mean, look at these guys. The, the epitome of cool. No idea what they're saying. Look at that hair. I'm going to be famous. I'm trying to be out the greatest. Wearing shorts. In the pool or the hot tub. Uh -huh. Yes. Put your vest on. Yes. I mean, this is just freestyle. Epitome of cool. We're beyond. I'm an island boy. Got vest on, yeah. I'm an island boy. Put my vest on. I mean, it's just catchy as all hell, right? I mean, it's phenomenal stuff. So I threw out the offer. I mean, look at those guys. The tattoo. I'm going to get one right here. A tattoo. Line this up right here. Get the freaking uh, uh, dreads pointing out. I mean, to the youth of America, if you are watching this, these are the people that you should be looking up to, not me, okay? I mean, that's the epitome of cool. In any event, I threw it out there, and I said, anyone walk out to the song, you are immortalized. I mean, what better time to walk out to that song than on the quote-unquote Fight Island? Where there's Sean Brady, who's fighting on November the 20th against Michael Chiesa, great fighter, fantastic fighter, utmost respect. He comes out, and he tells me that his boy... Andre Petrosky, six and one, fighting on Saturday, is going to walk out to this song. He tells me that he has convinced them. Even uh, Daniel Gracie himself tells me that he has. They're putting in the good word. They're going to convince Andre Petrosky to walk out to this song. And I said, "Listen, first, Sean Brady said, if I convince him, do I get to be on the wall as well?" And I said, "Listen, listen, Bubba." You get Andre Petrosky to walk out to the song. Not only is Andre on the wall, you're on the wall as well. All right? You're both going on the wall. So we had some negotiations. We went back and forth. And uh, yesterday, 23 hours ago, Sean Brady tweets, just got off the phone with Andre Petrosky and Daniel Gracie. It looks like we are good to go on the Island Boy song. This is, this is very exciting. So I write back, come on. Is this true? All right? Very exciting. Then... Andre Petrosky writes back to me, only if you come to the Nets game with me November 17th at Barclays. Balls in your court, thug nose. Sean adds to that. 
I'm like, what is going on here? So I write back, wait a second. I'm offering to immortalize you guys on the most prestigious wall in mixed martial arts and you counter with a basketball game date? What is going on here? I mean, this is worse than when Julian Marquez got Miley Cyrus to respond to him and then he's like trying to like double down and do some other kind of fakakta bet with her. I mean, like what? You got her to respond. You're there. Andre Petrosky, you know, we're at the goal line here. I'll take DC's face off this thing and you're right there. Think about that. This is the most prime real estate in the whole game. And you're trying to get me to go to a Nets game with you? In addition to that? Come on. What do you want next? My firstborn son? Okay. Then it gets worse. Then it gets worse. Then, let me just pull this up here. It was so bad. What did he write to me? This guy. No, did he take it down? Wait a second. He didn't take it down, did he? So then I write something. Oh, no. So then I put a GIF of a clock going fast. Like, let's go. The clock is ticking because unbeknownst to them, I have other offers on the table here. There's other people who are trying to capitalize on this great deal and get the prime real estate. He writes back, draw me like one of your French girls. What the heck? <laughs> draw me like one of your French girls. I have no idea what you're talking about, Andre Petrosky. Honestly, someone said that there was some sort of reference. I bet Mysterious Frank knows what, what he's talking it's about. It's from Titanic. I think uh, you know that. <laughs> you see? I, I, I actually didn't know that. That's a Leo DiCaprio line? Yeah. Okay, but what does that have to do with this? Well, they're just... Be Maybe they're referring to the, uh, the thumbnails on YouTube that are hand-drawn. I mean, that's a stretch, but that's just my idea. Draw me like one of your... Oh, my God. This guy's pulling out a 1997 reference on me? I mean, I'm impressed. You knew that right away? Yeah, I mean, everyone in the control room is kind of like, <laughs> jaws dropped right now. That is, I is didn't it know a, it? Is it a Canadian thing? Like, did you guys watch Dra the that, movie? That's a, that's a famous line? Draw me like one of your French girls is a famous line? Probably one of the most famous lines other than um, I'm the King, which is no. also in that movie. I, I mean, I know I've, what you're doing this weekend. I've, I went to see uh, Titanic once in, in 19, what was it, 90, I think 97, when it came out. There was a historic ice storm in Montreal, in the province of Quebec. I went to the theater with my brothers to watch this film, and the power went out. And they refunded us because of the ice storm. So I, you never got to that part? I don't even know what happens. <laughs> you don't know what happens at the end of Titanic. I don't know what the end is. Don't spoil it for me. Okay. Um, I never got to see the end. So I write, well, this is, I mean, this guy's blowing it. Sean Brady then writes to me, he is cutting weight. We will let this slide as long as he walks out to the damn song. I write back, this is crazy. They, so other people are writing back, to Sean, to Andre, you blew it. Now, meanwhile, Sean's out here, you know, trying to cut a deal. Andre's out here quoting movies that no one's ever seen. I'm completely losing it, but guess what happens? Backdoor, guess who comes in? The one that, if we're being honest, GC said was not going to do it. Virna Janjiroba comes in through the back door and we might have a winner here, my friends, because her great manager, Tiago Okamura, sent a video to my good friend, Guilherme Cruz. I have then confirmed uh, the, the, the authenticity of said video. And here, my friends, is a video of Virna Janjiroba who is fighting this weekend at UFC 267 in Abu Dhabi preparing for her walkout while listening to a remix of Island Boy. 
Look at Verna go. Look at Verna. Look at those moves. She loves it. Look at that smile. George Ivy. George Ivy. I don't know what they're saying. Look at that. Look at look at that, look at that foot movement. Okay. Now let's go full screen, just in case you guys don't believe me. Here's, once again, Verna Dranjiroba, UFC fighter, preparing to walk out to Island Boy this Saturday. Take a look at this. Beer Najanji Roba, get down with your bad self. Look at this. And by the way, Virna Janjiroba fighting on the ESPN Plus featured prelim bout against Amanda Hibas this Saturday, probably 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now, they have said, they have made the official request. Here's what we have to do, just between friends. We can't make a big deal about this, okay? Because I feel like some people are going to try to squash this if they find out about it. I think it will be a great moment. I think the internet would love it. I think the internet will love it, even if they don't know about this deal about immortalizing her on the wall. But we got to keep this on the low, low, on the DL because we don't want anyone to squash this for myself, for the show, for the wall, and for good old Virna Janjiroba, all right? So Virna Janjiroba, if you're listening, respect. We're pulling for you. We want you to pull this off. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Your moves are great. You walk out there dancing to this song, you're going down in MMA history as an absolute legend. We're pulling for you. Now, later on in the program, GC better be picking her to win. I don't even know what the odds are, but you walk out to that song, you are a lock. You are an absolute lock. So I'll just say respect, Virna, but I also never said it had to be just one. So Andre Petrosky, and I may have slid into Dan Hooker's uh, DMs and told him that the MMA world was picking him as the one who would most likely do this. Little did they know about Virna. Petrosky, Virna, Hooker. Just want to let you all know, you can all do it. I mean, the whole card can do it. Glover wants to walk out to this thing. Jan Bachov. If nine people do it, we're putting up nine pictures. If one person does it, we're putting up one picture. If no one does it, we move on to the next. And I've got, I've got my eye on a couple of people. I've been talking to Marlon Vera. I've been talking to Ally Quinta. That's for 268. We'll deal with that later. But it just seems apropos on, uh, on the Fight Island card to, uh, to make this happen. Draw me like one of your French girls. I mean, who's who says that? It's one of the most obscure references, one of the obscure lines that I've ever heard in my life. Virna, make it happen, Virna. This would be incredible. I'm I'm now looking forward to Virna Janjiroba against Amanda Hibas more so than the main event, the light heavyweight title fight, Jan Bachovic, Glover Teixeira, or the co-main event, between Corey Sanhagen and Piotr Jan, interim bantamweight slash official bantamweight title fight. I'm now looking forward to that fight more than the top two fights. <clears throat> I'm just, I'm just, I mean, that's that's no cap right there. I'm shooting straight. It's no cap. I feel like Ray Cooper would have done it if I asked him. Anyway, I've uh, spent now way too much time on all of this. Stay tuned for more. We shall uh, update all of this on Monday. I mean, you're, you're going to see it for yourself on, uh, on Saturday afternoon. If she pulls it off, she's going up on the wall. And that's that. All right. <clears throat> Let's move along now to our next guest. Uh, this man was involved 
in probably the most exciting, you know, on, on Saturday afternoon, this past Saturday, <clears throat> we had uh, UFC, we had Bellator, we had KSW, and we had Glory Kickboxing, Glory Collision 3, all happening at the exact same time Saturday afternoon. This man was one half of the most exciting and best fight of the afternoon slash evening. Uh, he was taken to deep waters. His his soul was tested. His heart was tested. But in the end, he is and still the reigning defending glory heavyweight champion of the world. He is the man in the world of heavyweight kickboxing. He is the man in terms of glory kickboxing. He is the face of glory kickboxing. And he is the reigning defending champ. He's the one and only Rico Verhoeven, who's kind enough to join us once again on the program. Rico, how are you, my friend? What's up, Ariel? I'm good. How are you? This uh, is my new interview. Yeah. Uh, mode. I'm just keeping my hand right here. <laughs> yes, very strategic where your hand is placed right now, my friend. Could I be rude what and you ask mean? you to move your hand? <laughs> <laughs> What's it look like? Oh, that's not so bad. Um, it's not so bad. Uh, it's a lot better. It's a lot better than it was. Oh my god, it was uh, my. It was uh, this eye was like shut, but I've been like putting ice on it like all day every day so uh no it's it's pretty good actually so how many stitches <laughs> i just start no no start that's like cool six. man six, six. that's yeah. not so bad does it hurt yes sir no 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 nothing nothing I'm good is it true i read the story no. that uh your 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 phone didn't recognize you is that true <laughs> don't really have to answer that <laughs> Listen, yeah, you're a legend. Right, it, was, it was the worst. Really, it was the worst. I was, uh, so, but of course, people make 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 jokes. So after the fight at the press conference, the post fight press conference, so Rico for making fun of me. Does your phone face recognition still work? Oh my so, god! So well, so I don't know, but let me try. Well, it did it. So that was perfect for that moment. It was perfect. I was like. Come on, you gotta work. Yeah. You gotta work. I was trying to put it on the good on the good side, but no, it didn't want to work. So it's incredible it how well that stuff uh, worked. And I'm assuming now it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now it works again. Now it works again. Great. Um, yeah. I I said on Saturday, and I'm not going to call myself you know an expert, but I said on Saturday, I think that of all your, I always watch when you fight, of all your title defenses yes, that that may have been the toughest test. That was the one where you really had to dig down deep. Is that a fair statement or do you disagree? Mm. Uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty good statement, but uh, uh, bother too. Um, I was like mentally not in a, in a good space. So for me, that, that felt harder. So, but this like probably physically, uh, it looked uh, it looked a lot harder. But it this was like much easier to go through mentally. And that other fight, I was just like really like more fighting with myself than uh, fighting with my opponent. And now I was like constantly still in the fight. Of course, make two million from what I saw. Looking back at the fight, I made I made two serious mistakes. Uh, of which one was the was the eye, and for the rest, yeah, I was still pretty much in that fight. What were the mistakes? Can you tell us? Can you elaborate? Yeah, standing still. <laughs> That's it. Not moving. Oh, and 
uh, sorry, this is a hard hitting big guy. And yeah, you know, standing still right in front of the, the right hand is not the smartest thing to do. And that's why for me, it was hard, especially in the beginning to enjoy the victory. My teammates came in the ring like, oh, shit, you're the man. Oh, amazing. Good job. You showed heart. You got this. And I was just like, man, I fucked up. Because that's what that's how it feels. That's how it uh, felt. It's a little, bit, a little bit better now. But that's how it felt at that moment for me. Because it just feels like, yeah, like I fucked up. Because I'm I'm always looking to to perform the best way possible to make uh, yeah not too many mistakes and then making because this felt like a big mistake versus a guy like this because th these are the things you got to watch out for so but afterwards yeah it, came, it became better it was it was a surreal scene and it was a it was like a kind of scary scene when you're watching you get knocked down like that and rocked like that because we don't often see you get rocked like that. How long did it take no. you to regain your bearings? How how long were you dealing with that? No, I was pretty good actually. I was just like, it was just uh, like a flash knockout, knockdown. Mm. Just boom, I went down. Uh, I was down to get another another smack in the back yeah. of the neck, and but I, my my butt didn't even touch the ground. I was like on one arm, right, right, just sitting there. All right, boom, I stood up, get back in the corner. Get my eight count, relax, breathe. But I felt the eye close, and I felt the, the the blood dripping from my face on my chest. And then you start feeling the urge of, all right, we gotta put the pedal to the metal because the doctor might just stop this fight. Yeah. Because of course I I can't see what's going on in my face. So if it's if it's bad or it's not bad, is it is it at what spot is it? So. Yeah, that was what it was. So from that moment on, I just, yeah, thought, hands up, let's go. Um, at any point, were you really afraid that the doctors would stop the fight? Did you feel like it was close? Uh, the second the, the second time. So the first time, um, the referee stopped it, went to the doctor. The doctor said, yo, can you see? Yep, I can see. All right, perfect. Put the blood away. Yep, all right, it's good, continue. And then again, the... The, the referee made the doctor look at it. And I was like, okay, are you good? Are you good? All right, let's go. Let's just keep going. Let's keep going. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was happy that I was just able to continue and, yeah, do what we do best. And at that point, left eye, like, can you see anything out of that eye? At that moment? Yeah, like, well, once it starts to get a lot worse, is it completely shut or you can see a little bit out of it? Yeah, no, yeah, it was almost completely shut. Wow. Have you ever been in a position oh, like this in your career where you, you're fighting at a one? Wow. What no, is that like? No, but for me, it was just like, even if this eye is closed, I can, I can still see. Right. You know, I still saw my opponent. So I, just, I was just like, just keep hitting him. And I start feeling the more that round was, uh, we getting deeper into the round. I felt his power getting less. And I thought, just let's keep pushing. Let's keep pushing. Felt his power um yeah dripping off slowly and just yeah starting to get the upper hand even though i was uh it was a 10-8 round for him of course uh your cut man i think he did a great job as well he did an amazing job yeah. i was so happy he was there um in glory do you pick is it like boxing where you get to pick your own cut man or is it like the ufc where they assign the cut man to you 
Uh, it's different. It's different because normally uh, Glory has the has the cut has their standard cutments, but you are allowed to have your own cutment. So this time I have my own cutment. So I was really happy with oh, him wow. uh, being there. What's his name? So everything just fall in uh, fall into place. Stefan. Stefan. I mean, this guy. the, yeah. the cutman doesn't get. Sometimes the cutman, in my opinion, they don't get enough credit because he, you know, a cutman can no, save a fight. Amazing, he did an amazing. Yeah, one hundred percent. He did an amazing job and. Um, that's also what I told him after the fight. Like, so I was so happy you were there, and uh, he was there the whole time. Even though uh, uh, through after the fight, he just took care of me like the whole time. You gotta go through all the all, the whole doping, uh, the doping thing and doping testing and everything. He was there, cooling it and making sure uh, the wound was uh, was was good, treated well. He closed it up and let the doctors look at it. So yeah, I was so happy with him. So. What a legend. By the way, when you touch it, what does it feel like? Is it just numb at this point? No. No, it's good. It's good. So, uh, yeah, it's good. It's just, I feel the stitches. It's uh yeah, you it feels like uh, still of course a little bit bruised. Yeah. So it doesn't like it doesn't like hurt, but it's uh yeah, just I feel it. It is it's good. Now, what is this going to mean? I think it looks it looks worse than it is. I think is, it's incredible. And it actually feels. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to dress up for Halloween now. No, so that's how I how I came home. Like to the kids, they were they were scared as hell. They were like, "Oh my god, Dad, how are?" You? I said, "It's okay." So I got my Halloween mask already. Yeah, so it's good. It's so funny because my four year old son, like uh, I'm I'm very consistent with everything I do. So also with the recovery, whole day I put ice packs on it, ice packs on it. So uh, my son, in the beginning, he asked me, like, "Why are you doing that?" He's four years old. And I said, um, well, to make it better, because then it goes away. So every time I put it on, I put it on. I said, Dad, is it gone yet? Uh-huh. I said, yeah, I think so. So I take it off. Uh-huh. And he looks at he looks at it and he looks at me like <laughs> No, it's still it's still there, Dad. Oh, oh, it's man. the funniest thing ever. How many children do you have? Three. Two daughters, one uh, one boy. And what the are their ages? Ten, six, and four. The ten-year-old for sure. Six, maybe four. Is are they watching live? The the oldest one watched the whole fight. Oh my god! And the the middle one is like she's really a tough one, but she was scared, so she left it after the second round. <laughs> wow! And who are they watching? So, with? but afterwards, uh, with their mother. So, but we're separated. But uh, I said, uh, but I told him like before uh, prehand. I said like. If you want to watch the fight, for me, you're allowed to watch the fight, but you got to, if your mother allows you to watch the fight, it's good with me. But if she says, you you got to go to bed, you got to go to bed, you'll watch it the day after. Wow. So the oldest one was really tough. She saw the whole fight. But afterwards, of course, uh, she had to cry. Like, oh, so I'm so happy. But, oh, my God, that looks like he's li- literally been to war. Yeah. So, um, but for me, you know, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a scratch. You know, I just continue. I just do what I do best, and that's enjoy the fighting game. You know, I really, I really love the this what I do, and it's always so strange. Like now, after a fight like this, it feels like everything's just comes towards. Like, oh my God, this guy—he's a fighter. He has heart. He showed it all today. But I'm like. I'm still the same guy. Yeah, yeah. I've been champion since 2013. Just because of this fight, now I'm like a uh, a validated yeah. champion. 
for some kind of reason. I'm still the same guy. I had I've had this heart like for <laughs> this whole time. It's just like I've never been pushed that far, maybe, but I've been there. And for me, like out uh, out uh, strategizing an opponent, I love to do that, you know, because then it feels like my game plan was on point. But now I just got I got rocked. The eye was bleeding. And everybody was ooh. But now now I'm like a solidified champion, certified champion. <laughs> It's such a great it's, point. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it's happening. Yeah. No, because I was going to ask you about that because, you know, in the past, some people say like, oh, like you're too dominant or you don't get in wars. You don't talk trash. You don't do yeah. this and that. And they'll give, you know, a lot of love to like a Badr Hari, who's obviously a lot different than you in terms of personality and funny stuff. And now you go through a war where you get rocked, where you get a cut and all this, and people love you more than when you're skunking a guy and winning every round very dominantly. It's a strange thing, yeah. but it happens, right? And I was wondering, I was wondering it, it, if you 100%. noticed it. I guess you did notice it. I did notice it. It's a, it's a strange thing for me. Um, like also after the the, the in, after the so the post fight press conference, everybody. So a guy asked me like, "Yo, Rico, you know that your fan base today even grew bigger. People love you even more." I said, I don't know. Uh, but to be really honest, I couldn't care less. You know, this is just what I do. You know, And if I get pushed to this limit that I got to go and show heart and uh, get a cut in my face and look like Frankenstein to for the people to, to, to notice that, then that is what it is. But I've always been this person. I've always been the same guy. It's just like I, I haven't been in this in this type of situation before, but you know, for me, it is what it is. I just enjoy what I'm doing, and that's the most important thing. And if we put up a good show, yeah, then we do it. But for me, like like I said, out strategizing a person or an opponent is also a great victory for me. Because of course, I hope like not every fight I'm gonna look like this. Yeah, of course. I mean, you don't want that. Um, and your true fans would prefer that than this. I think some people want to see you get, like, in a way, humanized and want to see you deal with adversity, see you dig down deep. And then once you do, it kind of reminds me of a champion in the UFC, Alex Volkanovsky, who's so dominant, mm -hmm. who hasn't lost, who, who, like, you know, all his fights, for the most part, have been um, one-sided in his favor or not the most exciting, but he's never met with adversity and then in his last fight he almost got choked out a couple times and now everyone loves him and respects yeah, him yeah I saw that one you know what I mean against yeah. Ortega it's, it reminds me of the same thing now yeah. it's like the same this is the same dude that's been here for five years beating everyone but yeah. now people like him yeah. so you know what it's like yeah but it, yeah so but it is what it is you know it's uh, I understand it for the people you know it's just like uh, it looked like a movie scene so, you know, everybody's like, uh, so people, friends of me after the fight said, oh, this was look like, like, like that Rocky movie, like in Rocky four, like he didn't see with one eye and he see double or something. Said, I see three opponents. Polly, which one do I need to hit? Yeah. Hit the middle one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I said, no, whatever. On that side, I, I saw everything perfect, but this, this side was almost closed, but I was just like, keep, just keep going. Just keep, uh, yeah, keep pushing and yeah. That's what I do best. Do you think that, uh, of course, he took this fight on short notice because of uh, Alistair having to withdraw. Do you think that yeah. because of the fact that he took it on short notice, the gas tank wasn't there? If he's taking this fight you know, with a full training camp, maybe he's able to 
you know, withstand that and keep on going or, or even give you an even tougher fight? What do you think? Mm, no, I don't think so. Because uh, I don't know how people approach it. And he also said the, sa the same thing because, of course, people also ask him the same question. But he, he trained for, at his very best uh, to fight uh, Benjamin Alikbui on the same event that night. All right, that was for a, a three-round fight, but I don't think to uh, if I because um, that's the, the easiest way. If I'm mirroring it at myself, and I always try to be a better version of me every day, every fight. You try to evolve, you try to get better. So I'm not looking at like oh, I gotta do three rounds or I gotta do five rounds because like in the beginning of the year. Uh, 10 days uh, on 10 days notice instead of doing a five round fight I got into a tournament two times three rounds so it was also different for me but I didn't train for that but it doesn't matter because you just got to make sure you're there in top in top shape mm -hmm. so if it's three rounds and three rounds if it's five rounds it's five rounds it's ten it's ten it is what it is you just gotta be there and be in the best version of you every time and but maybe I don't know. I don't know how other people approach it, but maybe people train even harder when they fight for the heavyweight championship. But that's never how I approach it. I've been doing this my whole life and every training, every fight that came up, I just wanted to be a better version of the fight that I did before. So I just want to be in top shape. What, how, how many rounds it was, I didn't care. Do you think they're gonna? So that's how I. That's how I look at it. Do you think they're gonna try to run it back again now? Because it was such a great know. fight. I don't mm, know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but not not on really short notice. I think uh, he needs to get back at it. Needs to get a, a couple of wins and let's do it because, yeah, you know it's it's every time or else it's gonna be number four. Right. You know, and I think people are gonna get a little bit tired of. Rico fighting the same guys every time. Yeah, yeah, because of course you fought him. Uh, what was it, 2017, I think. Um, yeah, and uh, and and I mean, it was an all-time classic. I think a lot of fans would be excited about that, but uh, I think they were probably more excited about the idea of fighting you, of you fighting Alistair Overeem. Uh, it was such a big fight yeah. that had been talked about for so long. Do you think that will be the next one now? I don't know. I don't know. Let's just see how uh, how we heal up. Let's what happened see how to the, him? when the stitches? I don't know. It's uh, something with his back or something. I don't know. Okay. That's what I heard. I, uh, yeah. I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can ask him. Uh, well, but well, um, they even said they, uh, I even heard like he came to the Netherlands with the, so during the time of the interview uh, we did that day, he already had the uh, the injury. That's what, that's what he said. So, yeah, I don't know. Let's just see what, what glory uh, has in mind. And let's just see how I recover from this, you know? When you found out that he was out, considering how big of a deal that fight was, not just in kickboxing, but in the Netherlands as well, what was your reaction? Was it deflating? Yeah, of course. Like, hmm. Okay, again, another one. Because last time in January, I was supposed to fight Jamal. And he also uh, withdrew from the fight like 10 days or 12 days before the fight. So, and this time it was the same. And like in years and years of being champion, it never happened. And now in six, seven months, it happened twice. 
So, but I was just like, okay, uh, who's next? Hmm. They said, yeah, they want you to fight Jamal. Okay, let's go. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, I'm I'm so easygoing. I don't like, uh, yeah, I just bent. I just bent. I just like, uh, like, like Bruce Lee said, you know, I'm like water. <laughs> you know, if you pour me in a glass, I'm the glass. If you pour me in a cup, I'm a cup. So I just go with the flow, you know, just, um, there's so many things that can happen. It's life, right? It's like, every, for me, my opponent is there when he's across from me in the ring. And before that, every day can change because you never know what might happen, right? So I was just happy we could uh, replace this. Uh, yeah, we had an amazing fight with Alistair and I was just happy we could replace it with an, another amazing fight and maybe again, fight of the year, so. By the way, what were your impressions of him when you were at the press conference with him uh, just a couple of weeks ago when you were with Alistair and the face-off and all that stuff? What were your impressions? It was good. Good vibe. Um, respectful. But I didn't really expect it anything else because he's a respectful guy. He doesn't talk trash. And, yeah, and I think everything was, was there. You know, he said everything right. I think... I am the best kickboxer he ever's gonna he's gonna ever face. So, yeah, I just uh, and yeah, you give me the respect, you get the respect back. So, respect uh, is earned, not given. So, man, I would love to see that. I would still love to see it. I think it would be one of the biggest fights because it would draw the MMA fans over. Obviously, it would be huge for kickboxing as well. Um, the scene was great. On Saturday, how do you how do you say the uh, the arena name? I don't want to butcher it. How do you say that that stadium? No, Gerdom. Gerdom. Yeah, it's it, in 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 the Netherlands. Yeah, is the 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 G is like really 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 hard. Okay, Gerdom. But maybe Gelderdom. you say Gelderdom. Yeah, Gelderdom. Okay. Uh, what was it like for you? You know, pandemic, all that stuff to now be in front of what was it? Twenty thousand, thirty thousand people. Uh, close to, to twenty. Okay, we twenty. We were allowed to to fill it up like two third. Okay. So it was. Uh, we were really happy with. Yeah, it was amazing. It was it was amazing to to be with the fans again and coming out and seeing all the the phone lights yeah. on. Everybody going crazy, and of course me doing my famous walkout run. I was like fired up. I was really excited with that because, yeah, earlier that year in January, I did the same thing in a, like, it was also an arena, but like all the seats were empty. That was strange. That was really strange. So it was, I was really happy for everybody that, that came out and bought the pay-per-view because that was, yeah, of course, for Glory, it's a whole new new way of, of of working with this whole pay-per-view thing and it, it's working and people are, are loving it and enjoying it and also appreciating it more i think why because when you can look yeah i think because when you can look at something for free i think people take it for granted mm. now they gotta pay for it and they get it they see they get a night of amazing kickboxing fights i think that's that's huge that's huge. And I think that's also the only sustainable way for an organization like Glory to maintain and keep doing what they're doing and keep growing. 
Yeah, I know that was a big topic of discussion going into this fight because here in America, pay-per-view is very common. Everything's behind the pay-per-view yeah. paywall. In Europe, not so much. And I know like, you know, the UFC, when they have it every so often, the fans complain a lot and, oh, I can't believe it to pay. Maybe they get a little spoiled, maybe because it's in the middle of the night. I don't know. But I know the, the Glory fans initially were complaining. Did you get a lot of those complaints or did you get a lot of people who actually appreciated the fact that, you know, they were getting a top quality event um, and just had to pay a little more for it. No, of course. Um, I understand what you're saying, but I definitely also got, got the complaints because uh, I think here in the Netherlands, we're a little bit spoiled. Yeah. Because everything's for free. Everything's yeah. for free. Uh, free. Everything uh, comes with a subscription. So if you if you subscribe to something, um, to a certain network, you get uh, Formula One, you get soccer, and everything is included for a certain price. And then, oh, but I want to watch Glory Kickboxing, and it's not included. Oh, I gotta pay! I gotta pay even more. Come on, that's too much. That's how yeah, much yeah, yeah. people are thinking. So, and actually, it's the the most common thing. Like in other big countries, in, in England, in in Germany, in the U.S., it's the most common thing to pay just a little bit more for whatever you want to watch, right? So. And I think now they start appreciating it a little bit more as well. So it's just it's just getting used to the to the new vibe. And I think that's the, the same with everything, right? It's uh, we've been going through this whole pandemic. It's like, for example, wearing masks. Beginning, I was like, oh, this fucking thing, blah blah. And then after a certain point, everybody just wears a mask. Like it's 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 easy or keep the keep the distance from each other or whatever. You know, it's yeah. just like getting used to the new situation. Before I let you go, I have to ask you this. So in my opinion, the three baddest men on the planet right now are you, yeah. Tyson Fury, and Francis Ngannou, MMA champion, kickboxing champion, and boxing champion. Thanks. If you had your choice, who would interest you more? Tyson Fury, Rico Verhoeven, Francis Ngannou, Rico Verhoeven. If to decide who is the king of kings, who is the baddest man on the planet? Uh, but th I think that would depend on... Like on what ground you you like mixed rules? I think. So you mean oh just uh, so go into boxing and then one round like fight, so yeah like say, one round boxing one round kickboxing one round MMA one round kickboxing you get your kickboxing because oh, you're, like, you're doing it but the other round has to yeah. you know it's a five round fight has to be one 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 one. Well, to be really honest, you know, um, me and Tyson we talked about this years and years back. Really? So, like, yeah, because yeah, we like I said, we 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 trained like mm -hmm. for years and years together. Like also before I was champion, and like last year, uh, we finally met after not seeing each other for a few years. And then I said, "How crazy is this?" We both said it. Like I was gonna be kickboxing champion, you were gonna be boxing champion. I said we both did it. This is this is amazing. But like back then, I said like. Uh, I taught him some kicks and I hold a pass for him. So oh, I want to do a kickboxing fight, man. <laughs> said, let's do it. So how crazy would that be? Like if he would uh, like clean out the division in, in boxing. And well, I already did, I think the same with, with kickboxing. So that we would maybe make a, a fight. One in me going to boxing with him oh. and him coming to kickboxing with me. Wow. And let's see what happens. You'd be okay and, with yeah, that, that, even that, though you're I friends? 
hundred percent, hundred percent, because that's yeah, you know, it's just business and it's just and also it's just fun. You know, I literally uh, see that as as enjoyment because that's that's what we do. You know, we compete, we fight, and even though we're friends, we want to fight. You want to show that you're the best. So I think that would be my most um, yeah, my most exciting like dream and step to to make like maybe in the future if he's open for it as well. All right, I'm gonna call him up and let him know. Yeah, let's do it. Let's right. do it. Call me back. Call me will, back. Will... <laughs> <laughs> what is that, sir? Uh, that you would be that, incredible. You, what a you, scene. You don't know. People don't know, but he got kicks. Really? He can kick. Really? Yeah, 100%. He has power in his legs. He's tall. He's he, a big boy. And he knows, and because he, he he wants to learn so bad, that when he kicks, like, oh, damn, there's, there's power and mass behind it. So let's uh, let's see what happens. Wow. I bet the knees are, are pretty deadly as well. Uh, that would be quite the scene. What we saw on Saturday was quite the scene. Congratulations on an incredible fight. Thank you for the 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 entertainment, for showing the heart that you did. Uh, rest up, heal up soon, my friend. Great to talk to you as always and looking forward to your next fight. Thanks for having me, Ariel. And again, thank you so much for the big compliment for being one of the baddest men on the of planet. Course. Because that's what we try to do. Just uh, enjoy it and, yeah, you know, uh, Put our legacy there and be somewhere with lined up with the greats one day. So you are thanks. appreciate it. Have a good show and talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. There he is, the reigning defending glory kickboxing heavyweight champion, the one and only recreation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five Buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources, go Verhoeven. Uh, if you did not see that fight, and again, I know this show is the MMA Hour. If you did not see that fight on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, and, and, and I know there was, there was UFC going on, there was Bellator, if you're a KSW fan, people who watch this show, you're probably... Go back and find it. Trust me, even though you know that he ultimately won the fight. Go back and watch that fight. Incredible drama, incredible theater. I can understand why he may feel like, yo, Jamal Ben-Sadiq, great fighter, but he's got to go out and do something else. 
totally get that. But that was just absolutely, I mean, incredible, incredible action. And of all the, you know, Vittori Costa was great. But in terms of the, like, I was, once that fight was going on, and especially when he was rocked early on, I was all in on that. I was watching that. Um, anytime Rico fights, I, I enjoyed immensely. Tall, big, strong, dominant, champ since 2013, mensch, great guy. Um, hard not to root for Rico Verhoeven. All right, great stuff there. Uh, thank you very much to Rico and to Gloria as well. In a matter of seconds, uh, we are going to be joined by our next guest. He was supposed to fight at Madison Square Garden, not this weekend, next weekend, November 6th, against Luke Rockhold. Uh, unfortunately, that fight has since been canceled because Luke Rockhold injured his back, but he is on some kind of roll. He has won his last five in a row. Uh, of course, he uh, had a long layoff after uh, suffering a, a horrific injury while uh, he was riding his motorcycle in LA in 2018, December of 2018. He was, uh, he was hit by a car and uh, he suffered multiple injuries, needed knee operation, and there was some talk about maybe not being able to return to fighting. Not only did he return, he returned in a big way last October. In fact, we are approaching the, uh, the one-year anniversary of his return. It was October 31st. It was the Halloween night. It was that Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva card. Returned to action, beat Jack Marshman, then fought two weeks later against Brendan Allen, won via TKO, uh, putting him in that discussion for comeback fighter of the year. Defeated Christoph Jotko back in May, and then uh, back in July, in his first main event fight, he was able to defeat Uriah Hall, uh, July 31st. And so that set him up for a big fight against Luke Rockhold. Unfortunately, the fight did not come to fruition. And so uh, I thought this would be a good time to talk to Sean Strickland about all of that and a whole lot more. I want to learn more about this guy. So uh, let's go back to the Zoom machine and say hello to the one and only Sean Strickland. Sean, how are you? Hey, what's up, man? Fucking good talking to you. I like that you're, uh, you're working for yourself now. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Sean. Uh, and no, it's one's old, no one's holding your leash anymore. It's nice, right? Independent Hiawani, independent Strickland. You, 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 I, you are uh, inspired by the independent nothing, vibes. There is nothing independent about me, Dana. Why hold my fucking leash? Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, everybody. Everybody's a prostitute. Everyone's a dog for somebody. You know. One day, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you have people you have to answer to. Someone sure. tells you, you know, Hiawani, shut the fuck up. You're gonna do it. <laughs> You you have used that analogy before about you know fighters being prostitutes and uh, that we're all part you know like the fighters are part of this thing. Why why do you feel that way? And have you always felt that way, or was it something that you kind of learned over time in this fight game? When I was younger, I was more like I don't know. I guess I was more like I drank the Kool Aid. But like as you get older, you start seeing things differently. You know, I'm like I mean like MMA is fucking dumb. Like, MMA is dumb. I mean, I love the UFC. I love my job. But, like, what we do is fucking retarded. Like, there's no mental math you can do in your head to make MMA sound cool, you know? It's like, you get locked in a fucking cage. You say, hey, try to kill this fucking guy. Meanwhile, like, you know, people get rich off of it. It's MMA, MMA is purely retarded, but I fucking love it. Okay, well, you just answered my question. You say it's dumb, but you love it? No, I fucking love it, man. I love being violent. I like hurting people. It's one of those weird things where it's like, you know, like your psychological makeup. 
allows you to like it, but as an intelligent thinking man, it's retarded. You know, it's, it's stupid. There's no mental math you can do to make MMA seem cool. Um, it's interesting to hear you say that because uh, I have heard you say in the past, MMA kind of saved your life, right? If not for MMA. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. My psychological makeup is, is great for MMA. But like the moment you like transcend just, you know, some stupid primitive psychological dysfunction that we all have and that I have more of, and you look at it from like an objective from a perspective, it's stupid. So when you, when you say that it saved your life, could you tell us what you mean by that? Because uh, my understanding was you had a very rough childhood. You walk into a gym and then a light goes off in your head and you're like, oh, wow, this is the thing for me. This is the thing that will allow me to release energy and all my frustrations and whatnot, oh. correct? Yeah, but I mean, you know, like the, the rough childhood thing, like, man, like everybody has a fucking rough childhood. Like I meet people, like I meet people in my life that made my fucking life look like Disneyland, you know? I just, to me, like, I was really fucking angry. Like, I was so angry. I, it's funny, I actually went through, like, this weird, like, neo-Nazi white supremacist phase when I was younger. Uh, I got kicked out of school for, like, hate crime, and, like, all this crazy shit, but I was just, like, I was so angry, and I had a lot of fucked up influences in my life that, uh, that it, it felt so good to fucking hate something, you know? Like, I would walk down... I would, I would walk down the street, you know, just with a knife or like a rock hoping to kill somebody. Whoa. And when I started training, I realized, man, like you're just, you're just fucking angry. You're just fucking angry. You know? Why were you but, so angry? Yeah, like, just like crazy shit. You know, like, I mean, like, I mean, like, I remember like, and I can talk about this cause you know, I mean, I'm at this point where my entire life is fucking public and I'm not a victim. I never say I'm a victim. Like I like who I am. But I mean, just little shit, like, like, I remember, like, hugging my mom's leg, you know, in the, in the kitchen, like, pre-elementary school, my dad all fucking drunk, telling my, telling my fucking mom, like, I'm gonna fucking cut you up, little pieces, and bury you in the backyard in a bottle of acid. So, like, you grow up and you hear that shit day in, day out from, like, my earliest memory, like, it starts it starts shifting the way your brain, like, 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 did you grow up in a good, did you grow up like in a good household? And your I did. Dad beat you. No, no, your uncle, didn't fucking your uncle didn't fucking touch you on the weekends or anything. Right. We're good. Thank God. N none of that. Okay. You're good. You say you're fucking good. None of that happening. But it's like, whenever you experience like things like that day in and day out, your brain, like it, it's biologically fucking changes. So like my brain was, was made in such a way to survive that encounter that whenever it came down to like transitioning to like the normal world and fitting in, my brain wasn't built for that. It wasn't built for like, you know, it wasn't built for the modern world. It was built for the insanity that I grew up in. And it was so hard for me once I got older, like, you know, 14 to transition from like, you know, thinking about my mom dying every night. To, all right, now it's time to be a normal person. Go, go assume, go assimilate, go, go have a good time, go to a bar, you know. And so I fell into like this weird, like hatred, like neo-Nazi thing. And I started training when I was around like 14, 15. And it was like with this therapy, you know, it was like just helping me with all my issues. I seen the light and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like I started connecting the mental dots of why the fuck I feel my, the way I feel. Were you sexually abused as a child? Oh fuck, man! I mean, I fucking, I blind I me. Mean, no, no, I'm gonna say no. Okay. No, fucking, 
if I ever was, it was blocked out. Thank God. <laughs> Do you have a relationship with your mom now? Oh yeah, no, I, I love I love my mom. Like she's like greatest fucking person ever. You know, there was a moment where like I kind of like had like some like anger towards my mom, like just you know like keeping us in that situation for so long. Where's your dad? Yeah, my dad died and like died of cancer like way back, probably like. I don't know, four years ago. It was the best thing about it. The best thing about when you hate somebody so much, like it's, it's a, it's a trauma you don't have to deal with, you know, you're like, you die. And like, you don't have to, like, whenever people's dads die, they're always like, you know, they post pictures of like all sad. Like, I'm just like, I actually seen him on his, like when he died, he was in the hospice at my brother's house. And I remember like looking at his like dead old fucked up body. Like, dude, you're such a piece of shit. You said you that to him? fucking died. No, he was dead. Like, I remember thinking, like, I remember thinking it, like, he was fucking dead in, like, hospice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he died of cancer. I was just thinking, like, you piece of shit. And I was only there because my brother had somewhat of a close relationship with him. I don't know how the fuck he maintained it. But I remember just looking at, like, his fucked up body. Like, you're such a piece of shit. Like, this this reflects you, like, entirely, you know, who you are now. Did he, did he, yeah, fucking life is real, dude. Did he physically abuse you? No, no, it was, uh, it was like a lot of like psychological shit. Like my mm. dad was like fucking like nuts. You now he was like, uh, <sighs> like, let's just say like you had something you really love, like a toy or something. Like he would come all fucking drunk, but we thought my mom cheated on him. I don't know. And like, he would just go and like, like fucking like break your toy. I mean, there, there was a story where like, I remember like, I used to like to sleep in my mom's room a lot just cause I thought like. I thought he'd kill my mom. You know, when I was like, like I thought I'd wake up my mom dead. And so, like one day, like I fucking like army crawled underneath their bed, and uh, and like he fucking like he gets on top of my mom. Maybe it could be rough sex. Who fucking knows, right? He gets on top of my mom, like and he's strangling her. And he's like, he's like strangling her, like saying, "Tonight's night, you're gonna fucking die." And like, and I'm probably like a third grader. I'm young, and then I like. The only thing I see is a guitar. So I go and I grab the guitar and I fucking just smack him in the head as hard as I can. And I grab the phone and I run out and I call the cops. And uh, my mom, her dumbass, he fucking bailed him out of jail the next day. <laughs> oh my God. I, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't like I didn't really get beat. It was more of just like fucking the psychological trauma of like living this life. You know, day in and day out. My brother actually has like a very interesting story. I probably shouldn't tell, but I'll say it anyways. <laughs> like my mom, like she bought it. He bought like throwing knives off eBay, being a little kid, right? And like one day, me and my brother really hanging out, and like he duct taped it to his legs, and like he uh he was gonna like stab my dad, but like he bitched out, you know? It's crazy shit, crazy shit. But like so MMA, like MMA, when I say like it's stupid because I'm a fairly intelligent human being, I can look at it. I can look at the industry and everything as it's like whole and I can say it's dumb, but when you have a brain like me, unless you want to go on like psychotic drugs, you know, it helps like fucking helps. Did your parents stay together until his passing? No. So they, um, so like my dad, once me and my brother got older, he switched from like alcohol, to, like narcotics, like a prescription pills, like in. So then he just like went straight in zombie mode. Like the moment, like he kind of like, you know, like abuse like my mom or sacred because my brother just hit him so he went like switch the drugs went straight zombie mode when i was like 17 when i was 17 no i was 18 one day like 
one day I fucking wake up to them fighting, right? My mom, my mom, and my dad fighting. I'm like 18 years old, dropped out of high school, wanted to be an MMA fighter. And uh, he like was holding my mom, like holding my mom, like fucking in the room, saying, you know, like crazy shit. Like you know, you're you're probably like banging your boss. You're probably you know, like your mom's banging our boss. Your mom's doing this. You're doing that. So I look at my dad. I'm like, dad, like. Like, man, like, my mom has to work, dude. Like, you're fucking, you're on disability. Like, you know, mortgage has to get paid. Stop being a fucking asshole. So, anyways, he, like, gets in my face. He's like, I'm your father here talking to me. And I'm just like, fuck it, dude. Like, today's the fucking day. I'm like, I'm fucking done with it. And I fucking headbutt and break his nose. Like, he falls down, like, fucking crying. And I'll never forget, like, the monster, like, the boogeyman in my life. Just watching, like, fall to the ground, like, crying, holding his nose, fucking bleeding. It was like, it was almost disappointing. Like, it was disappointing. I expected so much more from him. So anyways, like, that day, that day, my mom, cops came. The cops were actually really cool with me at that point in my life. They said pretty much, we're not going to press charges because technical people has kidnapped me. And so if we do, we'll take you both to jail. The cop talked to my dad out of pressing charges. And then from that day, my mom moved out. I moved out with her. And, like, me and my mom were thickest and deepest, like, you know, like, day one. Mm-hmm. Mind you, my mom's probably the reason I'm so fucked up, but like, they could see from day one. And how old are you when this so happened? The, the head buddy? I was like, I was, I was 18 okay. when that happened. Yeah. And then uh, it's funny, I turned 19. I almost like, I wanted to uh, quit fighting. I separated my shoulder and I was like, fuck, dude, like, like, fuck fighting. Like, this shit's stupid. Like, I'm broke. I fucking hate my life. Like, you know, I'm not someone I want to look at in the mirror, you know? I'm riding a bike to, I'm like 19, riding a bike to the gym. And then I went to a fucking party. I was going to like, because I didn't finish high school. So I wanted to get uh, like 13 college credits to, or 15 college credits to uh, be eligible for a GED and join the, join the army. And like the day before class started, I went to a fucking party and I fucking got in a fight and got arrested. I got a charge two felonies. I, I, they're not felonies. I got them dropped down. So I was so broke. I had to pay like my bail bondsman. So I, I was like, fuck it. I called Keenan Cage. I told Terry. I was like, Terry, I need money. Dude, I'm fucking broke. And then he got me in a fight in South Africa. So that's fucking my life. And the rest of that just is true. That's, how, that's why I'm a fighter today. Wow. So and if I, that doesn't the- happen, if you don't get arrested, you're not in fighting anymore, you think? Oh, yeah. I would have stopped. Hands down. I hated it. I fucking I, I love fighting because because it did it, but you have to understand until you until you're a UFC fighter, not even when you're a UFC fighter, until you hit your fourth contract, like you're a fucking loser. You make shit money. All your friends are like, you know, all your friends that have done something in their life, you know, they're making over a hundred K UFC signs you at what, ten and ten? Like fuck, you that's shit money. So even when you're a UFC fighter, you're still broke and you're still a fucking loser, you know? And now you take that back to bikini cages. When you first start fighting, you're fighting for like 500, 500, 500, like shit money. So like, like it's a hard thing to be a fighter. You know, you, you have like, you got to fucking love it or have no other option for life. Mm. Um, just going back to the, the early days, uh, I'm curious, because obviously this is a topic that is of great interest to me. I am Jewish. Uh, who introduced you to neo-Nazism? And uh, uh well, it's funny. I actually got I actually got kicked out of uh, uh ninth grade because I fucking like I, I didn't I didn't obviously do a hate crime against a Jew. I just said something really fucked up to some Jewish kid. Now the Spiegel, it's really cool kid, really nice kid. That's like adult. You know, you move on. Um, 
my grandfather was like this big, big piece of shit. You know, like when you're a kid, though, you don't see that. You hear worship. My grandfather was like six, seven, like, you know, kind of like a Southern guy. And he kind of like, he just kind of like filled your head with crazy shit. Cause you know, you're in seventh grade, like spouting off like Nazis. Well, you don't fucking know that. You don't fucking know who that is. You don't know even know what the fuck that means, you know? But you like, you hear it and you think someone who like, you look up to and you almost like hero worship because he was like a massive figure that wasn't my dad. And like that identity, like consumed, you know, like drawing swastikas on my arm walking to school. Like I didn't know what the fuck that was, you know? Wow. How long did you do yeah, that? Like for? later, later, like later, I mean, my grandfather died, but later, like I, I kind of resented him for it because like how, how, you know, people often like, people often think that like the world is racist. Like it's not like when you're racist, like you don't get ahead in life. They fucking, you're fucked, man. You're outcast and you look at like the fucking weirdo. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like there's no privilege from being like racist. So I, I resented him a big majority of my life for, you know, filling my head with that. But, How long did that last? Uh, but I, I grew out of it when I started training. Like when I started training was a moment like it went out. So I was like 14, 15. But I mean, you're talking like I would walk to school with like a big permanent swastika, swastika on my arm. Wow. What do you mean What do you mean by permanent? Like a tattoo? Like I would like it like permanent markers, like oh, big permanent markers, gotcha. all, like swastika. Yep. And I remember like, and you know, but again, like I don't know what the fuck that means. It's funny, like you're saying American History X. Yes. So people always ask me like, when I was a kid, who did I want to be? And like that's who I wanted to be with one of those guys. Like that's wow. like I thought they were so fucking cool, man. Like I love the life they live, just like dirty white trash and respect, you know. Yeah. So it's fine. When I was a kid, that was like like that was somebody like I would hero worship, you know, like that ideology. And again, again, I had no idea what the fuck it meant. I didn't fucking I, I I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm in elementary school. I'm in seventh grade. Like I don't know what the fuck that means. But and then I started training. And like the moment I started training, like I was like, fuck man, like I just like I don't hate anybody. Like I don't fuck everyone's cool. And then and, and a lot and a lot of things too. Like a lot of people who helped me out of my life, they weren't white. Like usually like white people in my life were kind of fucking dicks, you know? Like a lot of like ethnic people were the ones that kind of held their hand out. Like which is nuts, because like me, I'm like fucking I'm a little fucking neo-Nazi Hitler youth, and yet the people who are helping me out, they're not even fucking white. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So that was kind of like a weird, like, that was like a weird thing to deal with where like, and you also feel shame now. Now you feel shame because like your entire life, you've been like spouting off this rhetoric again, I'm being a kid. And next thing you know, the people that are helping you out, but they're not even fucking white. So it's like also another shameful thing that you have to like come to terms with. Like my entire life, I hated you just because you're colored. And now you're the one fucking helping me out. You know, it's fucking, life is strange. Do you still believe in those Nazi ideologies? No, of course not. No, it was fucking retarded. I was like, again, I was, I was, I mean, how old are you in fourth grade? Yeah. How old are you in fifth grade? Yeah, nine, 10. I was like, you, you can't have a belief system that is your own when you're in sixth grade. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody has to tell you, someone has to guide you down a path to have that, that belief system. Who introduced yeah. But, you? Yeah, of course. Sorry, my, my actually one of my first, one of my first girlfriends was Jewish, you know, like I, I went complete opposite. Like, 
Jewish, Mexican, Korean. I dated in a, a Syrian girl. Like I went, I went so far off from it where like I dated a lot of ethnic women just because like I wanted, I wanted that. Not, not, not. I mean, they were all amazing girls, but like I wanted that to die. I wanted, I wanted to move so far past that. I wanted that part of me to die. You know, and as I get older, I've come to terms with it. I'm 30 now that I could look back at it and be like, you know what, man, if someone like, if someone doesn't know the situation, then like, fuck them. I don't even care. Wow. Um, who introduces you to MMA? How do you get to that gym that changes your life? There, there was actually a guy, uh, old kid cage fire named Neil Cook. Well, it was like, I actually, but I would watch it when I was younger. Like I would watch it when I was younger, you know, like the old school UFC. I remember being like, a little kid watching it with my brother and like uh, I was watching my brother one day and I was like, Oh man, my brother Lawrence. He's like, Lawrence, like, like these guys are so badass. Like, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. And you know, I kind of wanted my brother to like say, no, Sean, like you're fucking cool, man. Like you can do it. Like I believe in you. But he was like, Oh, you're a fucking pussy. Like I could do it. And like, it stuck with me. I was like, you know, fuck you, man. Like like my head, like being a little kid, I'm like, fuck you. Like I'm going to do this. So everything that it resonated with me. And it really helped me. Like, it really helped me get through life. I mean, like, even before I started training, I had a punching bag in my, my garage. I would just, like, you know, I didn't really sleep that much. I'd be up all hours of the night just beating the fuck out of my punching bag. Like, it, I, it was just, like, it was just something that I wanted to do. And then when I got, I got kicked out of high school, I got kicked out of a high school, like, in ninth grade, like, a hate crime or something. And what was then, the hate crime? Uh, I probably just dropped the end bomb or I probably made fun of the Jew. I probably just, I probably just, I probably did some fucked up thing that like I thought was fucking hilarious that, you know, but obviously it wasn't. And, uh, so, uh, my mom took me to a empire of May with a guy named Paul Herrera. And like, I fucking loved it. I remember like crying, like after I got done sparring, like I even know what I think about it. It makes my eyes water. Just like, like I never, like, I don't think I ever really experienced happiness until that day. So you gotta understand, like you, you live your whole life in a certain mindset, and then you do something, and then you're just like, "Fuck, dude! Like, this is what this is what it feels like. This is what normal people experience. I fucking love this. Like, I fucking love this, you know." And and when you get into that car accident, um, where the car hits you, you're on your motorcycle, right? In December of 2018, did you think yeah. that that happiness was gone? Did you think? I mean, obviously, you're first and foremost probably worried about your own health, right? Like, will you walk again? Will you? Be- no. I mean, like, you, I've done so much work. Like, I've done so much work on myself to, like, you know, like, I face a lot of issues where, like, I'm, I'm a pretty stable fucking person now. You know, like, I've, I've faced a lot of issues. <laughs> it was hard. Like, it was hard letting go of MMA. Because, I mean, I thought I was going to fight again, you know. It was it was hard, but, I mean, I, I do a lot of work, man. Like, I, like, even, like, I think about myself way too much. Not, like, I love myself, but I, like, I think about myself all the fucking time, like, because I have a lot of crazy fucking issues still. So whenever the accident happened, it uh, it sucked. But, I mean, it was, it was fine. I was ready to give up MMA. Could I ask, uh, I know this is somewhat of a personal question, but do you talk to a therapist? No. No, I don't fucking, no. You, just, cause you I said you talk had... to a therapist. And... Why not? It helps. So, uh, it helps. They would fucking, I would, I would convince myself that I should go kill a homeless guy. Fuck, I talk to a therapist. Well, I would start asking myself, I'd fucking interrogate them. Wait a minute, well, why is this fucking wrong? I should fucking do this. 
so you said recently, uh, and this was you know caused a lot of you know controversy, whatever. Where like you like, you like the idea of killing someone, right? Um, and Rockhold talking yeah. about. What do you what do you mean? Because that is a that is a somewhat jarring thing to hear someone who could actually like you could kill someone right now. You are a oh, trained. I wanted, my life. I wanted you my entire life. That's the big reason why I didn't have a social life. Like when I went out and got arrested, like I just wanted to. Like there's just something in me that like I just knew that if I could just kill a human being, it would make me feel good for a short time. Why? Um, but it's one of the, it's one of those things you were like more people I think think like that, and I just the one that says it. I just I said it, you know. I always say like the difference though between like me and a lot of people. It's like you can watch Dexter, you can watch Punisher, and you can watch movies and you can think about killing. But I was on the path to where I was gonna act it out. Like, you know, I was fantasizing. That's the why I think my mom took me to like train for the first time. Like I like I was on a like once you start fantasizing enough about it, you start putting yourself in situations to act out of the fantasy. And like training was like training allowed me to like like allow the outlet to like the fantasy to stop. You know, I just go train, I'd fight, go train, I'd fight, go train, I'd fight. But if it wasn't for that, like yeah, I'd pass I'd that all the time. Have you ever been close to doing it? Yeah, yeah. Fucking um situation that pan out. I had a guy put a gun in my head once and uh fucking I took the gun from him, I pointed at his head. And I remember like stopping and looking around, like at like their witness there. And I kept thinking to myself, like, fuck, like, like, you know, like there's no way I fucking walk from this. There's no fucking way. I have the gun, there's witnesses. Um, or one time, one time I was like running, because I used to like to run at like late at night. Cause you know, like you run at late at night. I would put myself in like victim scenarios, just like, you know, hoping that someone would just want to victimize me would give me an opportunity to do it. Because I didn't want to go to jail. You know, fucking sucks. I was running one night and I remember like these guys on a loudspeaker. Um they came down the road and like, you know, we're the cops, put your hands up and be out obviously fucking doing cops my entire life. Like I know they're just a cop and just an asshole. And I'm like, like fuck you man, like you ain't no fucking cop and they start driving away. I'm like, yeah you fucking pussy like chopping out and antagonizing them. And like three guys got in the car and uh, they start running towards me. So I like I kind of jog over. I kind of jog over to the side. And I fucking kick off like a PVC sprinkler pipe. So it was like kind of jagged. And like in my mind, I was like, I'm going to fucking, the first guy I'm going to run up, I'm going to grab, I'm going to shove this fucking thing around his neck. Like I'm, I'm just going to fucking shove this in his neck. And then the second two, like we'll just see how that happens, how that plays out. But if that was like a moment in my life, like if they would have, and the moment I started running that thing, they all took off. They took full sprint back to the car and drove away. But like that was like a moment in my life where I'm like, I finally get to fucking kill somebody. It's gonna be justified. There's three guys that attacked me. Like I can kill this motherfucker and get away with it. So there was like certain times in my life where like I really tried to manipulate the situation to make it where I can't kill somebody, but it just it just hasn't fucking panned out. And I don't go you know, I don't go out much for that reason, you know. Even like today, like when I go out in the world, like I think about it. You know, someone will walk by you, just like fuck man like our homeless guy walked by you're just like fuck man like i hope you have like a psychotic break or like just to give me a fucking reason but without going to jail you know no no so, no yeah no, have you ever been to jail like for an extended period of time no i was like when i got arrested i was on like a day and a half okay and it wasn't like jail sucks like i mean like it's not like it's not the people like the people are fine like i mean if anything like i have a lot of like i have a lot in common with people that are in prison. Like, 
we're pretty much cutting the, the same cloth, you know. But it's just like your life's on hold, man. Just your life's on hold. When you're in jail, your life's paused. If you haven't dreamed your hope, they're fucking gone for a year, two years. Do you ever get? So like, that's one of my. I love my freedom. I love that shit. Do do are you? I'm assuming not. But are you ever worried that speaking so openly, which I have to say, a lot of it is jarring to hear, but I respect the fact that you are comfortable enough to say this to us. Um, are you ever worried that? this will cost you your job with the UFC. No, because I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, like, you know, if I were to go see like a therapist and like tell them like my thoughts, they would probably diagnose me with like, you know, like, like certain diagnosis. So like, I'm not doing it, man. I'm just saying like, I'm a fucked up guy. Like I'm not fucked up. I'm very rational. I'm rational. I think things clearly like, like man, how do you hate how do you hate on somebody for having like fucked up thoughts? I don't go do it. I don't act upon it. Like you know, are you worried? I always you say might... like you know what it is like like you take like you take a pedophile like you take a pedophile and like you take a pedophile that never acts on it. This guy lives his entire life. He but he walks. He goes to a park and he sees a kid, and that's a fucking thought that jumps his head. But he never acts on it. In a sense, like to me, as someone who deals with fucked up thoughts all the time, like I almost feel bad for them. Could you like? Could you imagine like? Could you imagine going to the world like, like seeing a kid and like having some fucked up thought? Like obviously that's not something that I, I don't. That's not that's not me. But I have the same thing. Like that's that's almost like a prison sentence in your mind. You know, it's like fucked up. Or like okay, I was changing. Like I was. Ch- I'm really nice when I meet people. Like if you ever see me meet somebody, I'm so nice. I'm polite. I'm like, I bow. And I was like changing my tire. And this guy walks by me and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Have a great day, you know? And he kind of like gave me like a head nod. And like, as I'm talking to him, I'm thinking about taking this fucking tie and fucking splitting a skull. And it made me so fucking mad because I hear I am like, I know what I want. I'm trying to be fucking nice to you just so like to make up for my thoughts and you're a fucking dick. Like, oh man, it makes me wish I could have did it. So again, like, like, I, I'm not worried about it because if, if someone were to cut me for that, like, like you know, how do you cut someone for that? Well, so then let me ask you, if you think about this, like in an interaction like that, what makes you think that at some point, perhaps you're having a bad day, perhaps you're not fighting, you're injured, whatever, that you won't do it? Like, are you worried that you will do it? And then you do go to jail and then your life is over. I do. I don't leave my house. I mean, I'm really secluded. I mean, I don't. I don't. Leave, I don't go out. I don't. I don't put myself around general populace. Um, but you train. Shit, I remember like whenever. We, but I mean, I'll go and train. I go. I go train. I come home. I train. I come home. You know. I take my cell phone out. Like I don't. I don't. I don't interact with like the. I don't interact with the general public. I don't go to sporting events. I don't go to fights. I don't do. I, because I, of I that. Isolate myself. Because you're afraid yeah. of this. But that's yeah, that, just, that, I, that's not freedom. That's a, that's a, that's a different yeah, kind of jail. Like, yeah, but it's not bad though, because you have to understand. Like I feel disconnected from things. Like when I look at people, I don't look at people like I don't look at people like your life matters. I look at you just like you're an annoyance. Like I I, I don't have a connection to you. Like like I like you. I like you. You're, you're you know you're a stand up guy, but I can fuck about it. And you you might listen. Maybe I'm honest with myself. Maybe I'm honest with myself, and, and you feel the exact same way. But like your life doesn't shit to me like you know like and maybe you maybe you feel the same thing about me 
but I'm just the one saying it. Maybe everybody feels that way. I'm just the one saying it. But like when I go out in the world, like I, I see somebody, they don't fucking shit for me. They're an annoyance. I don't want you to kill someone. But again, I don't but want again, you to go to jail. Maybe, maybe, I think, I yeah, think but talking again, like, to someone would help nice you. Guy, you're, you're a nice guy, but maybe, maybe like I just have such, you got to understand people are really mean to grow up. Like, yeah, no, like everybody, like, Everybody, like, when I was growing up, you people, you see the true colors. When you're a fucked up kid and you go through the world, like, you see the true colors. And let me tell you something about society. Like, society doesn't help people who are fucked up. They isolate you. Like, every time, like, for instance, like, when I was younger, I had, like, I showed, like, like I showed, like, um, sociopathic tendencies. And at no point did anybody ever fucking say, hey, Sean, I'm helping. One time, this kid threw a dirt clot at and I got on top of him. I started slamming his head in the ground. Like trying to kill him. Everybody pulled me back. Like here I am, fucking second grade, first grade, doing something like almost like an attempted murder that as an adult you would go to prison for. And then one said, hey man, like why this kid is like, like he pretty much tried to kill another human being. Maybe we should help him. It's not, let's call the cops, Iceland, let's kick him out of school. Or like, um, I remember like being in, you know, fourth grade, this older kid beat me up and I went home and I grabbed a metal pipe. And I followed, and I followed him. I beat the fuck out of the pipe. I had to go to the hospital. Luckily, his dad knew my family, so like, you know, they brushed on the rug. But nobody's like, "Hey, man, this like fourth grader just like beat somebody with a metal pipe. Like, maybe we should help this fucking kid." No, what do they do? They, they fucking segregate you. They take you out of school. I was homeschooled most of my life just because I couldn't fit in. I couldn't fucking assimilate. You know? Well, yeah, like fucking life. Life is not if you're not like if you if you have if you have issues unless you're fucking gay and you want to cut your dick off and call yourself a chick. Like if you have any other issues, life is not fucking kind. You tell somebody you're suicidal, man. Like they'll come over and give you a fucking hug. But you tell somebody like you fantasize about murder, it's like whoa, wait a minute. Like you're a fucked up human being. Maybe you shouldn't be in the populace. You know. <laughs> That's why I suggest it. I mean, this is coming from someone I've never. I've I. My issues not quite the same. Not everyone's issues are the same, but I dealt with very bad anxiety as as a youngster, and I've recently talked to a therapist about it, and she helped change me dramatically in the last ten months. And so I would just say, as a parting piece of like, it really does help. I don't go see her. We but talk. I like it. But I like it. No, but I no. like it. You don't understand it. Well, no, you yeah. shouldn't like I this. Like it. I you like it. Like, I like it. Like I like. I like fucking. I like when I leave my house a potential thought of like maybe I can kill him. No, no, no. I this like is it. not so good. Like, this is not good. After I'm done with MMA, after I'm done with MMA, I probably will work on rewiring my brain. Okay. And maybe, maybe, a, maybe find more like value in human life. I don't know. Maybe like try to connect more with people. But like you know, right now, I fucking like it. I fucking enjoy it. You know, I fucking like it. <laughs> Do we know when your next fight is? Uh, but, 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 yeah, speaking about whatever we're actually on the interview for. Yeah, <laughs> fucking, there's no, like a minute left. I'm, I'm not the November sixth card. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not on the November sixth card. Maybe uh January. Uh, okay. I know Jack Munson. I know he's uh he's fucking ranked high. You know, I'd like it to be like obviously someone higher ranked than me. Yeah, so maybe Jack. I mean, I would still fight Luke, but Luke ain't gonna happen. He's a fucking pussy. Like he knew that shit was gonna happen. Uh, I suggested Marvin Vittori, who just had a big win. So the thing about Marvin, they actually offered me to fight him if if Costa said no. They offered me a lot of fucking money. I would normally he's a good friend of mine. I don't have many fucking friends. Marvin's a friend of mine. He's cornered me for a fight. Okay. But they offered me a lot of money to fight him. I called Marvin. I was like, hey, listen, man, like they offered me this. 
if Costa falls out, I'm going to do it. In hindsight, I realized they were just using me like a dog. Like in hindsight, I realized that like that fight was never going to happen, but just by them putting my name in the mix, it forced them both to come to an agreement, you know, but like, I don't give a fuck. Like you use me. I don't care. But that's a fight that I would rather not have unless like I had to, you know? Okay. No, I understand that. But again, if Marvin, if Marvin would have, I would have took the fight and Marvin would have knocked me out. No shame. I would have raised his hand after, you know, shook his hand. Hey, Marvin, we'll, we'll go get fucking tossed after this, you know? <laughs> well, Sean, uh, yeah. I mean, this has been, uh, I mean, just being honest, like one of the craziest interviews in the history of this show. Uh, I do appreciate your honesty and your candor. I wish you the best, man. Honestly. Uh, yeah, I no, do. I'm, and yeah I, I'm so happy. Dude. I love, like, it's one of those things, like, I'm like a different animal, but I'm an animal who loves my life. I fucking, I have motorcycles, I sell, like, I, I have a great, a great, happy life. And if it wasn't for MMA in the UFC, I want to have this life. I'd probably be in fucking prison somewhere. Well, I, I don't want that. And I don't want you to hurt anyone. Don't want you to hurt yourself. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. You're yeah, a great yeah. fighter. And uh, you have a fan base. And uh, just just think about it. I think talking to someone would, would help you. But hey, th- those are my those are my opinions. Uh, I wish you the best, my they man. Would con- they would convince me. No, like, no, I, they I would, would not. Make, I would make you good to do it. Yeah. They would not. They would not. <laughs> But I appreciate you doing this, and I wish you the best, and I look oh, forward God, to your God. next one. All right, it's good. You're a Jewish guy. We're, we're bridging gas, man. It's good for my image. You know, I like we that shit. What, what do they say? Happy, happy Hanukkah. Which, well, why do Jewish people say hello and goodbye? What, what's shalom. The, what's the one? Shalom. 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 There, we go. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me, All right. All day. the best. There he is, Sean Strickland. Um, Hey, you uh, you get a, a neo-Nazi, or a former, I should say, neo-Nazi saying shalom on the program, only on the MMA Hour. That was one of the craziest uh, interviews that we've ever had on the show. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Oh, uh, I... We'll say that you, if you were uncomfortable about anything, I apologize for that. I, I did not know about the majority of that stuff. I honestly didn't. Um, there is something to be said for the honesty and the candor. Uh, I, I strongly think that he should talk to someone, not to say get help, but speaking as someone who did talk to someone about his own issues, nothing close uh, to the stuff that he's talking about, I think it helps sort of figure things out in your mind and and not have those thoughts because those aren't the kind of thoughts that I think someone should have. But uh, 
he is a very talented fighter and, and one who is uh, doing very good things and, and you want him to uh, realize his potential and uh, be as successful as he can be while living a very safe and productive uh, life and existence. So uh, that was that was unlike anything we've ever heard on this show in the nine years that we've done this show. No, is it more than nine years? Uh, what is it? I'm frozen in time. 11, 12 years. Uh, so take that for what it is. And uh, I do wish him the best. And uh, I, I am hoping that he is able to um, live a very happy and healthy and successful life. Um, let's transition. I've been wanting to talk to this man for a very long time. Uh, if you look at my text messages, there's like a string of like seven or eight blue texts from me to him, no response. And then on Monday, like a, like a phoenix rising from the ashes out of nowhere, enters Sasquatch El Toro Kane Velasquez to my life, and we have finally located the former UFC heavyweight champion, the man himself, joining us via the magic of Zoom, Cain Velasquez. There he is, my man. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's been so long, Kane. Do you get annoyed? Because I know you see the text, you just don't respond to the text, and then all of a sudden you just popped. You just like emerged. It was amazing. Oh, no, I didn't, no, I didn't see it till Monday. Yeah. Kane, <laughs> you look great. How much do you weigh, Kane? Uh, I don't know. Um, I've been just like coaching, like uh, some of the guys here at AK, um, like doing some some soccer coaching as well, like with, with my son. Um, so I don't know, dude. I'm just kind of like trying to eat right and stay busy. But you are slimmer than than usual, right? Yeah, I am. Sign- like I feel like you're a light heavyweight at this point. Are you closer to 205? I think I think I'm 230 right now. Wow. After after a workout. Yeah. And uh is that the lightest you've been in quite some time? Yeah, just when I competed I was like 230. Well, yeah, like 230 probably my my, my lightest uh like weighing weight, yeah. Okay. Um recently we heard the fantastic news that you are returning to AAA. You're going back to wrestling, to Lucha Libre. Which, if I'm being yes. honest, I wish you would have stayed there. Why are you going back? I've always loved it, you know. Um, again, just from a kid loving it to when I had that, my first show with, with uh, AAA. Just the people there, the camaraderie, the uh, the style of, of wrestling. Dude, it's just fun. I just love it. Um, I'm just happy that I get the opportunity to do it again, you know. Like, uh, How is your body? Oh, great. Um, I'm still working out, man. And it's kind of like a love and hate thing, you know? Um, I just deal, you just deal with it. You just try to uh, make it better by doing stuff like recovery stuff. And that's about it, you know? Um, my body's been treat, treating me well. I've been treating it well. Um, so really no complaints, you know? It's just, it's hard when I just give myself, I give all of myself when I train. Like when I do that, like when I train, when I train other people, I fucking give it all. I don't leave anything else left there. And then I go home and I just try to recover. I try to get this back to where it was. I remember um, when we last saw you doing WWE, the knee was messed up a little bit. Did you ever get the knee surgery? No, I didn't. Um, I've 
just been wearing a, a brace with it. Um, that, that, that's kind of that's kind of what I've been doing. But um, no, I, I didn't get it fixed. Um, I've been able to do a lot of stuff with it still. So I'm even like grappling. I'm even wrestling. Um, I have, I'm still wearing the brace, but um, I can do everything with it. So um, I think I'm just holding off a little bit on, on doing that. Okay. Um, what happened ultimately? What happened with WWE? Why are you no longer with World Wrestling Entertainment? Do you hear me still? I'm gonna pause too. I still see you. You see? <laughs> Do you see me? You're paused for a while. Yes. Okay. Uh, You're paused. Um, I'm at AKA. Yeah. So, uh, I was told this is probably the best place to do it at uh, from being here. Yeah, you look great. You the the quality is great. Can you see me? I can't, but you're, you're you're pausing just a little bit. It's fine. It's fine. As long as you can hear me, you can hear me. Yeah. All right. What happened with WWE? Why are you no longer with them? Why did the uh, you know why why did they part ways with you last year? Well, primarily it was because of COVID. Um, they had to just drop a lot of the roster um, in order just to kind of keep uh, their core guys in. Um, and I just wasn't developed enough. Like I really needed to to sit down and really um, practice on that style of wrestling for a while. I needed to be in, uh, just developed a lot more. And that wasn't the case. It was more of like, um, well, I just didn't get developed in that in that way. Do you regret going there? I don't. Um, no, I think it was meant for me to go there. Um, I just. I'm glad I got the experience of knowing what it's all about, mm. right? Knowing how the company works, how the guys work, everything. Like, it was a great learning experience. I learned a lot from it. And all I can do is take that and, you know, make it better the next time if we do get another chance or just know what that is and appreciate my time in doing that. Do, do you have hard feelings towards them? No. Or no, hell no. I love, I love what, they, what they're doing, what they did. They helped me out so much. No, uh, the, the, it's the opposite, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of your fans were upset with the way the Brock Lesnar match went because it was so short and one-sided. How did you feel about it in retrospect? It is what it is, man. <laughs> Again, that was, that was me just going into it um, and really just trying to figure out what it was. It was all thrown at, thrown at me at once. Um, a new ocean, um, um, and that's that's I was there for whatever anybody needed um, as far as to have me build like into whatever they wanted me to build into. That didn't happen around this turnaround. I'm sorry to everyone that got let down. Like that does hurt me as well because I want I expect a lot out of myself. I don't expect you know like I expect more for myself. So. So I think uh, off the top of my head, that fight or that match happened October of 2019, right? Um, and then mm-hmm. um, COVID was March, April. So there was a stretch there of like six months where people were wondering yeah. if you would come back. Why didn't you come back? Why weren't you used on television? They just didn't, didn't use me. Um, I wasn't called to, to go in and, and have them use me. Um, then they just, they, they not, um, at one point they told me we're, we're, we're going to go um, – do something with like some of the Lucha guys, you know, 
And when that time, when that time, when that time came close, um, well, we were deep into COVID and they were just like, well, we're just doing the shows this way. Like we just need these core guys right now. Um, they just needed me to develop a lot more and I wasn't there yet. Okay. So they really couldn't use me in that way, you know, and all the guys were, were living over in Florida to, uh, cause the COVID they were all, um, you know, social distancing, like they're all, they're all like staying there, right. Just living there doing all that whole thing. So they were really just, that was our core guys that they were using the guys that were over there that were staying there that were, um, so they just felt like they weren't using me enough and they were paying me too much. So they had to let me go. So, um, I understand that it's business. One thing that I said, um, in the midst of all of this was you were so great as El Toro. Uh, and I remember when you came to my show at ESPN, you wore the mask and like, I could feel your face light up. I could feel the energy. It seemed like something you loved doing wearing the luchador mask. And when you went to WWE, it felt like they kind of used you as Cain Velasquez, UFC fighter, MMA fighter. You're wearing the jeans, yeah. you're a brawler, and they weren't using you as the guy doing the Hurricane Ranas. Why weren't you El Toro in WWE? Because I think they wanted me to. They wanted me to stay in that MMA yeah. zone. They wanted me to have that rivalry with with Brock, but they really weren't willing to put the time in to have us work together to really do that. They wanted us to do that, and well. You know how that is. <laughs> Would you have preferred to be the the luchador? Of course, though. That's yeah. that's who I am. Like, yeah, I feel good in that style, but it just wouldn't work at that. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they saw it, it wouldn't work, but that to me, and I think it to everyone else was a clear path. Yeah, but that's not what that's not what they chose for me. So, what was it like uh, working with Brock? You know, what was your relationship like? Mm -hmm. Um, well, we didn't, we didn't work much, you know, um, but, I, but look, talking to him just for a little bit, just for that little bit, um, I just know where he comes from just from that, just for a little, little time spent and I mean very little, like very little, um, I know what he's about and I respect him for that. I respect him for that. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Know what he's about? Like, what is he about? Well, what you see out there, what you see when he performs, all that shit, like he lives it, he breathes it. Like, that's him. That persona that you see, that's him out there. Like, that's his true self. Um, you know, close quarters, he's, he's obviously like more, more human, but that's him. Like, and I saw, and I saw that, like, that's him. That's his whole being. Uh, I believe that just by talking to him, like I, I could see it. I could just see it. Was he cold towards you because you beat him in a, in an actual MMA fight? Like, did you feel some friction there? There's always going to be friction, you know, with, the, with that. There's always going to be friction there. Um, so yeah, yeah, there was, uh, but you know, working together. Would you have preferred not to be matched up with him? No, I don't think it mattered. Um, I think it all came down to the development. Mm -hmm. That's what it all came down to. Was that? Was that? You know, once that's there, it's like it doesn't matter who you go with. You can you can get prepared for anything. But me being so green in that, it's like I'm almost like in the middle of like like what do I do? What do I do? What do I need to learn? 
you know, because I'm still not sure about it. Like in MMA, I'm so sure about it. In rest, like uh, collegiate wrestling, I'm so sure about it. I know what, like, those type of things, I know. These different, these different uh, types of sports, they're a little different dance, yeah. a little different rhythm. Um, so it's not the same. It's almost the opposite of MMA, I guess you would say. And that's true. Like, every movement is the opposite of MMA, where you need to show the emotion. You need to show the technique. You need to show the movement. Um, and always be opened up so everyone can see it. So everyone can see the punch, you know. MMA is the opposite. We hide it. So no one sees it until, until it makes contact. Mm-hmm. Um, we hide our setups until we get it. And everything's fast. Everything's some A, B, C, like no, no stopping. Do it as fast as you can, as, smooth, as smoothly as you can. But there it's the opposite, showing everyone what you're doing, A, B, and C. So it's just, for me, it was a different, it was a regression, just a totally different way of, uh, of competing in a way that I've, that I've never competed before. So when I asked you to, uh, you know, one of many times where I asked to talk to you, um, when you finally wrote back to me on Monday, uh, you, you asked me a question that I'm still not sure if you were being serious about. I, I wasn't sure if you were working me or if it was a shoot, to steal a, a phrase from uh, Pro Wrestling. But, but I'll ask it to you. You said, okay. uh, please make sure you ask me about psychedelics. And mm. uh, I didn't want to ask any further questions because if you're going to ask me that, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly ask. Were you being serious? Did you really want me to ask you about psychedelics and why? Um, I do. Why? Um, so I got the opportunity last year to go ahead and, and try some of these um, psychedelics. Um, and I believe like my, my life path has like, led me here to do this. Um, so a year before that, before I did that, um, I had my mom pass away, my brother passed away uh, within like a month or two months of each other. Um, but my brother, the way he passed away was much more like, like, uh, traumatic for me for my wife. Cause, uh, it started at home and we, we saw all of it. So, you know, and I couldn't be there for him. No one could be there for him at that moment. Like, and I didn't realize like, like all the shit that was happening. I didn't realize that this would be the last, right? Like all that, like, so a year goes by, we're living through this and we're just trying to, you know, make it work and be there for, like, for our kids and for each other. And, you know, we're still hurt. Um, so then I got the opportunity to go try these from, from a friend of mine who told me about, uh, you know, he, he, he told me like what this was and that's, that's kind of all I needed to hear. Um, it happened on the anniversary of his death. So... That's when I went to go try these. Um, and I didn't know what I was looking for or if I was looking for anything. Like, but I really just focused on my, my brother, my mom at the time. When I, when I first, uh, I, tried, I tried ayahuasca. And um, the only thing that was between us that lasted, that was there, was love. Like between me, my mom, between me, and my brother, it was just love. Like we just fucking love each other. 
And now that was still there. And that's always been there. And that's, that's the strongest emotion out of anything. Like I lost my brother in the way that, that we lost him, but that, that, that love that was still there, still there. And that's all that mattered. Like that made me heal so much. Like just that that was there that I know he is okay. That we did love each other and we still do. And that, you know, um, so it was more of just like, just more of a healing um, from that. Cause I, I really don't know where I'd be if I didn't uh, get an outlet for that. Right. How often do you do this? So um, I've done, I've done this like, like four times. I've done some, some ayahuasca. I've done some, uh, some uh, 5-MeO DMT, the, uh, the toad venom. Um, and I'm from, I'm from Sonora, the, the desert from Arizona. Like my, my family, my lineage comes from the Sonoran desert. That's where the, that's where the toad comes from, the Sonoran toad. Um, so I didn't realize how much trauma I had in my whole life. And I, and I mean, as a kid growing up, just living on this earth, the trauma that's uh, been put on me, put on everyone really, um, living with that, going into sports, keeping that with me. And then, um, end up like, end up fighting, but I still get more trauma from the fighting. So I really didn't know how much I had in me or what I was carrying around until I went in and really just let this medicine work with me on the things that I, that I really, that are serving me a purpose. Wow. So I got rid of like a lot of the trauma, um, just from like shit that we live through every day that the society puts on you, you know, everything like, but we don't even know what we're carrying around until we actually sit down and really face it, you know, really go face to face with it and, uh, get down to the root of wow. the, uh, of the problem. What does it feel like when you're doing this? Like, what are you experiencing? It depends what what you're going through in your mind as far as like like when I first did it, I looked at my the relationships, right? Uh-huh. The relationships with the relationships of me, my loved ones, me with my mom, me, my brother, me with my wife, me with my son, with my daughter. And then I just kept going out and like just kept going from there, like everyone, like friends. Wow. Um I just really appreciated every everyone. Like I would just say this, say life is a fight, long fight. And in that fight of life, when do we really take a step back and take a really good exhale, like from, from all this, right? That's pretty rare. Um, that's, what, that's what it felt like. Like I was able to just step back from this long fight that we have to really take everything into consideration, really um, appreciate everything, all the, all the lessons, whether they're good, whether they're bad, whether they're fucking shit. Like, I appreciate it all. I lived through it. 
it made me who I am today. And I, and I appreciate it and I love that. But the stuff that, that I don't want in me anymore, I'm going to work on to get it out, to make room for the stuff that I do want. Are you doing this alone or are you doing this with your wife, a loved one, a friend, or, or, or do you do this by your, like not by yourself because I'm sure there's people, but like in terms of like, are you going with other people or are you solo? I'm going with other people. I'm going with the friends, with family members. Um, I'm trying to bring a lot of people. I'm trying to, I want my family first. Like I want closeness first and then go out from there. Like I brought in family. I've, I brought in friends to this. Um, but I really, what I really want to do with it is to help everyone that would want help, that would think they need help or whatever, just want an experience. But I would love to have ex-fighters first that have, do have a lot of trauma to come in, that are willing to like come in and like work on some of this stuff. Just come in, open mind, you know, see what they get from it. Mm. How about our good friend Daniel Cormier? Do you think he would go with you? He hasn't yet, and I've told him. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know God. I've been on him. You yeah. know that. Yeah, well, that would be something. Um, are you happier? I mean, I've seen you smile more in this interview than I think I've ever seen you in all my <laughs> years of knowing you, over 10 years. It seems like you're happier. Do you feel happier inside? I'm always happy. I'm always the same. I'm like... Even when I wasn't smiling, I was smiling, you know. Um, I just learned more about myself. Like, I learned more that because I, I, I like the extreme stuff, you know, like I do. I, I like that. And I, that, to me, makes me feel alive. Like, like fighting, wrestling, uh, you know, being vulnerable out there when you go, like, in a fight, like, the greatest things can happen, but also the worst things can happen. And you're putting yourself in the most vulnerable position that you can. Right. So I've always done that. And I've, it's more of just recognizing who I am as a core, like in like being, that's it. And I just know I like, I like the, some extreme stuff. Like the little stuff doesn't, it won't do anything for me. I need something to push me. I need to be pushed. Um, I just more so understand myself, but I, I also can understand people as well, like a little more. Um, yeah. Do you think you'll ever fight again or do you think you're officially done? Fight in a cage or something like that? I, I mean, you'd never say no. I'll never say no. Um, that's not what I'm looking for right now. I'm looking for bigger fights. Which is what? You, you mean? Know that? Lucha Libre. Nah, man, like, the bigger fights. Like, the, those fights are physical, but they're not the bigger ones. Like, the bigger ones, for me, are the ones in here. Okay. The, the ones in here. Not just with me, though, but with everyone. Like, I still compete in this way. I still do. Um, but I'm much more clear on just just who I am and what this all is a little more, you know, not to say that I know it. I, I don't, I'm, all, I'm still, I'm just learning. I just, I just want to learn forever, but I want to learn at a high pace. Do you think, uh, and I'm not sure, do you think part of the issue is for fighters at least, 
you have these careers, you're out there, you're doing your thing, you're getting paid all this money, and then it just like ends. And there's no, you know, there's no retired fighters association. There's no one that helps you transition. You're just done. You know, you like you 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 get the release or whatever, you walk away, and then you're finished. And my feeling is, correct me if you feel otherwise, you would know better than I, that when it's over, like when the music stops, it's a hard thing to deal with. And there's no one there to kind of help you out. Is that part of what, you know, is motivating you here to, to get those fighters involved in something like this? Well, yeah, but there's more to it than that. Um, it's even more complex than that. You could, That's like on the surface is that. But to go down to the deeper issue is, is people that do this are select certain amount of people. Yeah. They're not everyday normal people, meaning what? They're warriors. Not that they're warriors just now. They've been warriors forever. Like their other lives or whatever you want to, like that warrior is in them forever. And yeah, when the music stops and you can't be a warrior like you could be anymore, then it's hard. It's hard because you still have that fire inside. And it's not a normal fire like everyone else. It burns much more hotter, right? Mm -hmm. So you need an outlet that is that, that is much more that, that you can learn from, get so much more out of it. Um, it takes, it takes like a, a mental, like rejuvenation, you know, like to know that when I was fighting, those big wins did so much mm. for me, right? And that's what it does for everyone. But their wins in the gym, there are wins in, in like a sparring. There's wins in a certain position in the gym that you win. So what I've learned is those little victories in here translate to little victories out there, right? And what is that? That's you with your kids, you with your family. That's little victories when you're just out like putting gas in and you have a connection with someone like, just make him feel good like hey what's up like make him feel good you know like give them time like they are like they are you getting those little victories every day is what makes it not those big ones because we only get a few of those here and there but those little ones all add up um case in point i don't i don't know this is victory for me but um we were um watching a school play this past weekend with my with my family um, it was a high school play as Wizard of Oz and the Wicked Witch of the West is burning at this moment and it's quiet. And next to me, my son goes, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> that to me is a win. Dude, that was fucking awesome. I love that. I love that. Like that, I take pride in that. I take joy in that, that little that what you just did dude that was awesome thank you for that wow you just missed yourself like i appreciate it i love it um so it's just that like we're not going to get those same victories like we were before we're not not in that way it's just it, it needs to change to something else your avenue needs to go somewhere else um so i find it fucking everywhere else when i coach when i coach the kids' soccer team, my, me, my wife, and my daughter are all coaching our, uh, six and under soccer. And that's probably the hardest thing I've done. But I've learned so much from that, and I've, I've gained so much. Like, dude, these kids are amazing, all of them. My son is there. Dude, 
everyone's like trying to wrestle me, not even play soccer. Like, <laughs> you know, like trying to dogpile me. It's freaking chaotic, but it's the best. Um, so it's that. It's finding victories everywhere else, right? Like Man. finding joy in life everywhere else. That's beautiful. I, I am getting joy in this. I'm getting joy in this and seeing you like this and hearing you speak like this and seeing you return to AAA, El Toro, all of this. What 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 date is it? De- December December 4th. December 4th in Mexico. Um much yeah. love Kane. This was great. Please don't be a stranger. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to continue this. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but I'd love to continue this. Yeah. And I wish you the best and uh just much love to you and your family. This this was incredible. I did not expect this. I actually thought you were joking when you asked me to ask you about that, and I'm so happy that you weren't. So thank you, Kane. Thank you, Ariel. Much love to you too. All right, you man. and the family. Thank you. All right, there he is, Kane Velasquez. Uh, that was incredible stuff. Holy smokes, guys! Where else? Tell me where else on this planet do you get stuff like this? I'm not just talking about MMA. I'm not just talking about sports. I'm talking about what show do you get Sean Strickland talking about what he's talking about. Cain Velasquez, who used to be the most stoic. I mean, I remember someone telling me that Cain Velasquez is like the worst interview in MMA, and I would always defend him. No, he's not. You just kind of have to dig deeper. And then you get that from Cain Velasquez? And now in a matter of seconds, we're going to get Ioannia Jacek, one of the most interesting people in the history of MMA as well. This is just... I told you I had a feeling about this day. I told you there was something going on this day. Um, and that was just, I mean, I want to try ayahuasca now. I've never done any of it. I remember, I think, it was it Dan Hardy back in the day that talked to us about it? I need a drink. This has been an incredible day, uh, and it continues. We'll, we'll be joined by Mike Perry in about 30 minutes, so stay tuned for that. And uh, in a matter of seconds, we're going to be joined by the former UFC strawweight champion, Joanna Janjacek, who has been in the news as of late. Uh, She was in the rankings, out of the rankings. Is she fighting? We haven't seen Joanna Janjacek since March of 2020 when she had that incredible fight against Zhang Weili, which was my fight of 2020, uh, a fight that everyone was talking about by the end of the year. One of the greatest fights that we've ever seen and certainly the best women's fight in MMA history. And uh, we haven't seen her since. She hasn't fought in the pandemic. Dana White talked about her recently, um, but there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of questions regarding her future. And so let's talk to her about it. Let's keep this train rolling along. Let's say hello now to one of the greatest ever in UFC history, the former UFC strawweight champion, the one and only Joanna champion, a.k.a. Joanna on Jacek with the belt. How are you, Joanna? Long time no speak. Oh, man, I'm good. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to be back yes. on your show. And uh, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm just happy. I'm just happy, man. And uh, the, next, the next one is going to be even better. I feel it. Okay. I can tell you. Like, people can say whatever they want to, but I feel the happiness again, and it's good to feel it. Uh, not only the fire, not only the motivation, not only being passionate about, but feeling happiness. It's like so awesome, you know? <laughs> I love the happiness. It's so, great to see you happy. Um, so let's start yeah. here, Joanna, because as you know, I've been, I've been trying to talk to you for a while now. We were supposed to do it a couple weeks ago. The timing wasn't yeah. right. But now the time. Two weeks ago, yeah. Yes, yeah. but now hopefully the timing is right, and it comes 
uh, on the heels of us finding out that you were removed from the rankings. Why were you removed from the rankings? But two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I went up in the ranking in yes. the Punk for Punk Women's uh, UFC ranking and, and the Astro ranking. It's not like I do not care, but I do not care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother. It, it doesn't bother me. That's the thing, you know. Doesn't change anything because uh, when I will be back, I will be back in the ranking, and rankings don't fight. This is what I uh, I did a post about, and uh, a few days later, it happened, you know. Uh, and yeah. That's it. What but, I can say. But what? Like, what did, can I say? Nothing. You know. Did they tell you that they were doing this? Like, is there is there more to yes, the story? Yes. Yes. They did. They they did. They did. They did. Mick called us. They he said that if I gonna pull out of the fight, they are gonna take me out of the rankings because the girls are complaining. But I think it's more about about me not fighting. It's been a while. It's been nineteen months. Uh, so I agree to that. I agree to that. You know me, I always put on show and not go, they, they're not going to give me girl from out 20 in from, from number, they're not going to give me girl number 20, 15, 10, 5. They're going to give me uh, someone good because they want to use my, my legacy, my name to promote the show and they, and sell pay-per-view. That's the thing, you know? So I really, I do not care about it. I do not care about it. Okay, and you said you said that it. Mick when he called you. But the negotiation, yeah. the negoc the negotiations are going to be even harder, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah. What, why are they going to be harder? I agree. I agree to that. I agree to that because I don't know because I don't know. I I don't understand Mick. I understand the decision, but I don't get it, man. So why they brought me up yeah. in the ranking and they take me out i but i really i do not care i do not care rankings don't fight rankings don't fight so i will be back soon uh you said something uh <laughs> just before you said uh mick told you that if you would turn down the fight they had to remove you from the rankings yeah, which, yeah, fight? Yeah, yeah. The, which yeah, fight did they yes. offer you there's so many fights but uh, stupid fights but uh, <laughs> i'm waiting for uh, rose and Wadey. that's what you want that's it yes the winner or I can take even the 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 second place, you know. <laughs> Did you say this? To I, them? I just want to put on big fights. Uh, you see the belt, you know. They know this. Dana know. Dana knows, and you know, Dana is a real businessman. But I know Mick. Uh, he has to. He has different job, and he has to make his own money. And I bet he makes money out of uh, making fights so i understand but uh we have different agreement with dana you know and dana always uh, back it up and i remember what the what the ufc have told me after the fight that i can take as much time as i can and i will be back to the top fighting the best so i mean i'm guessing the champion or the number one that's it after the uh, the recent Marina Rodriguez versus Mackenzie Dern fight, Dana White was asked about you, and he said something to the effect of, you know, Joanna has so much money, she doesn't have to do this, this, and that. And to me, it sounded like he was saying, you might never come back. Did you see his comments? But I will be back. No, I, I heard that. I saw some, but uh, I want to be back, and he knows it, and 
I know he's a real businessman because it's a business as well, because I've been doing this for the last 18 years and, and I don't know, I'm calm because I know I have the right people. I'm surrounded by good people. Jennifer Goldstein, CAA management, Ben Lambert, ATT, Mikey Brown, Katal Kubi, same people. And I know I'm good, I'm safe, and I will be back. That's it, you know. I'm just waiting for my comeback. It doesn't matter when, where. I know the date. I know the exact date. Mike, uh, Mick, uh, he, uh, he offered me some fires, but uh, because of the timing, I couldn't take it, you know. I couldn't sign it because I'm still in Poland and... I'm running my businesses. I will be back to the States in the second part of January. So I will need extra time with my coaches, with ATT. I wish I was back now, but uh, I really have to take care of the things from outside the gym because people think they know a lot about me, but they don't, you know. I'm focused on so many things, so, so many hobbies, passions, businesses, and uh, I'm not going to be fighting forever. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And I'm a hard worker and you know this. <laughs> but uh, like I said in the beginning of this interview, I feel the happiness and it's the most important thing. It's not only about the fire, the motivation, because I'm training like a beast. Every every time, every training is even better, you know. And what's surprising me that that, that I'm getting better, you know, more smart, more calm. Uh, you are one of the most decorated champions in UFC history. Why even like what is motivating people 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 forgot about and but I really do not care. I know my legacy. No one forgot. The real people, fans didn't forget. And there are people who 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 know who the real uh, Joanna is, and that's it. That's it. <laughs> but my question is, why even come back? Like, what is but motivating I know I you to the, come back? For fighting, you know, I, I love this sport, and I just want to be back for fans. But I want to do it for myself, you know. It's not selfish, but I want to do it for myself. I want to put the dot on I, but it's not like I want to do the last fight because I want to do more and more. But I needed this time. I, I'm sitting here. I chose this place to show show the belt, you know. I I I, I have been there. I was there, and. I have uh, six of, of this, you know. I, I Actually, two are missing. And oh. one day, Dana promised me that I'm going to get the rest of my belts because I should have six, the, the, the five I defended and the one I won with Carla. But uh, it doesn't change anything. Of course, maybe my ego or maybe my, my, my goals, uh, my dreams. But it's all about different things, you know. It's all about the titles inside inside us the real champions <laughs> but i just want to fight you know i'm proud of myself i said this 19 months ago after the fight with wavy i'm proud of myself of uh, going to the worst you know and i'm proud of myself and i want to put on hell of a performance and fight one more time again again and again how many how many fights do you have left on your contract Oh, they keep on extending me because uh, I'm not fighting, but uh, I had one fight. I don't know. Maybe I have two fights. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I have good life and you saw me after my last fight. Lucky me, it was only a small injury because I did MRI and CT on my head uh, two months ago and I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm good, but uh, after 18 years, being in the sport, I realized that something 
can could and can happen to me and I know the risk I make good money outside the octagon but I'm working hard it's not only my name but I have to put on work every single day uh, I don't sleep uh, as much as I want to sleep but I love my life and uh, you know <laughs> I feel like I sell the pay-per-view but I don't get any points anymore but I'm not complaining, you know, I'm not the champ anymore, but I feel like I deserve a little bit more. But uh, I will discuss this, uh, the table with Dana, with, with, with matchmakers. I feel good, you know, I want to be back to the UFC Octagon soon. When's the last time you spoke to Dana? Uh, three weeks ago, we exchanged some messages. And so that's why I was a little bit surprised after mixed messages, phone calls to Jennifer Goldstein, my manager, and then Lambert. But that's fine, you know. I love Mick. I really like him, but and I understand him. They have to pull me out of the rankings. And but people make a, such a big thing about it. But I'm calm. I I do not worry about. There is nothing to worry about because I will be back in the ranking, you know. And even if they put me in the, uh, like, if I'm going to be the last, doesn't matter to me because my next fight is going to be big because, like I said, they have to use me. <laughs> they want to use me. They know how to use me, <laughs> my name. Do, do you feel like uh, you have been disrespected? Do you feel like you've been disrespected no. by this process? No, now? I do not. I do not. I do not. Honestly, I do. Uh, I'm not. I feel like I'm not. Can can I read uh, the tea leaves here and just be as honest as possible? It feels, at least to me, knowing how these things go in the sport, they want you to come back and they want you to fight probably Marina. And you said, doesn't make sense, not a big name, whatever you want to fight for the belt or the loser of the title Uh, fight. I didn't say this. I didn't say this, but I I know my rights. I know my value. And uh, I don't know. I'm waiting for my shot, you know? Yeah. And then After as a result of five, that... Like I gave it with Wiley Zhang, I deserve the top of the top. Of the top. <laughs> Did you hear her comments about you after her fight? Marina's comments? No, I, I, I haven't. And I, I, know, I know I'm here. I don't need it, you know? I clear my patch and I don't need it, you know? I don't need it because I know who I am. Uh, and I know, like I said, I know my rights. And I know what I want to. And it's not only about myself, about me, because there are so many athletes, uh, so many strawweight fighters in, this, in, in the UFC, but I know what I'm going for. I'm on a mission. That's it. And I will do step by step. If it's meant to be, will be. And if I will need more time, or if they will need more time, I will give them the time. There is nothing to lose. I'm already very decorated athlete. I have so many titles, but you know, I just want to do it for myself. You said earlier, I know the date. You said I know the date, and for the money as well. Right. Uh, the date, March, what? April. March, okay. April. Okay. I've been trained last two months. I've been trained really hard. I see some changes. I see. I see the improvements in my in my training camp. Uh, in my strength and 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 grand game and boxing as well, I I just can't wait. I wish, like I said, I wish I was back to ATT to my Kato. I love them so much, but I have to finish some things here in Poland because for the last eighteen years, 
I've been like living everything here in Poland, my passions, my businesses, my my life. But now I wanna put everything together and just go back to to do not worry about anything when I will be back. Just be there, be like monk and stay in the in the in the temple and train preparing for my next fight. Uh, you mentioned uh, at the end of your last answer, money. Obviously, that's a big thing. You're in the prize fighting business. And I'm wondering, after the, the Zhang Weili fight, did you say to yourself, look at look at what I'm putting myself through. Look at, look at the, the yeah. risk. Yeah. I need to get paid yes, more. Yes, I did. For the first time. Yes, for the first, for the first time of my, in my life. For the first time in my life. And uh, you were there. You saw so many people with, with the Polish flags cheering for me. She was the champ. People were cheering for me. And I feel like I deserve bigger piece of cake, but uh, yeah, I don't want to go too far. I understand. But yes, do you think you will get a bigger I feel piece like, of cake? You know, and and I don't see myself fighting out of the UFC, but there are people who are interested in having me, putting big money on the table. But yeah, it's big. <laughs> For MMA? For MMA. Wow, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Offering probably more than what you make in the UFC. Yeah, but uh, I'm having contract with the UFC. I, I love him. I love him. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a UFC soldier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they feel like, yeah. How many more years do you want to fight for? I don't know. I feel like I, I, I catch the second wind, you know, the happiness. Maybe I don't want to fight that often as I used to. And uh, I heard that people are saying that I'm not that active anymore. But I was. I was one of the most active champions in the UFC history. And so you deserve to get paid? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> You're what, but you're, I make my money. By man. the way, you're I not make just my money. Of... I save my money. I'm very smart. I make my money outside the gym, but I would la- I would love to do it more often. Uh, but I need to get paid as well. But I will be back March, April. Are we, okay, so why are you so confident that you'll be back? <laughs> and in then March? I will discuss another contract because I think I have one more fight in the contract or two more fights. Okay. But you know what's funny? When they uh, took me out of the ranking, people in Poland or like in general, they think I'm I'm not the UFC fighter anymore. <laughs> but I am, guys. Yes. I am. <laughs> what, what, what makes you so confident that uh, you will get an opportunity that you like, a situation that you like to return in March, April? Because it sounds to me like you don't want to <sighs> fight for the same amount that you, you had before. Yeah. But somehow I will have to, you know, and, and maybe it's bad for the next negotiation, negoci- negos- negotiations. But, uh, yeah, sooner or later, I will get what I really deserve. Mm-hmm. Are you guys far apart? No, we were close. Oh. Like, what do you mean? Like me and Dana? Me no, 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 meaning, oh, sorry, like uh, in terms of what you think you're worth and what they think you're worth. Oh, if I get pay-per-view points again, I will be happy. That's it. That's it. Simple. Because I sell. I sell. I think, do you think I sell? Of course. Yes. I so think, if you want my opinion, you want to... But I'm not complaining. No, I will sit at the yeah. table and, and talk. Yeah. I remember uh, the, the good times with 
uh, Fertita Brothers, real business moves. Those were good times. And Dana as well. He's still, he's yes. still, he's still. And I'm not trying to lick his up. No, no, I no. Really, I really feel. Honestly, yeah. uh, I think <laughs> everyone who fights for a belt, whether champion or challenger, yeah. it takes two to sell a fight. Sometimes the yeah. challenger is more popular than the champion, right? Yeah, like yeah, when yeah. Connor fought Aldo, well, yeah. you know what I mean? Or when Like Chael... Volkanovski and Ortega, uh, like I love Volkanovski and he is the right person to be the UFC champion. But Ortega is like, he's the name as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's deserves. the name as well. If you make yeah. it to a title fight, in my opinion, if you've earned that spot, you deserve a piece of the pie because you're selling it just as much as the champion. Sooner or later. It's going to happen. I hope. I wish. Okay. For the second generation. Yes. Or the third, fourth. <laughs> now, uh, what makes you think that they are going to give you one of these names, Rose or Zhang, and not say you got to fight Marina or Mackenzie or someone like that? Or what about Carla as far as What that? about Carla? She's waiting for the title. Yeah, poor Carla. Hey, let's yeah. go, Carla. March, April. <laughs> you and Carla? Let's do it. You want Carla? Yes, why not? She, she's waiting for the title shot, but I, I think it's not good for her. If she wants to try the best, she sh- <laughs> I can do it. Okay, I can do it. Okay. Rose or Wadija or Carla. Maybe. See, we're getting somewhere here. This is I will good. Think, I, will think, I will think about it. I will think about it. Okay, so those are the only three that you would consider. Yeah. Those way. You know, I understand the UFC and the matchmakers, you know. If Rose wins, they might not give it to me. But like I said, I don't need one more of this, you know. For myself, maybe, but I prefer to put on hell of a fights and get paid. It doesn't change that much, you know. I'm popular, I'm doing businesses, I'm doing, I'm having my sponsors. Every year I set my sponsorship like a purse and I keep it since. And I, I continue this. And if I win the belt, I will get more opportunities. But there's only one JJ, I'm a human. And now I understand that I can do much more than I am like able to do how you say this you know yeah, what i mean yeah. sure 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 we all have some limits are all only in our heads but there are limits because we are only humans so it doesn't gonna change that much yeah and so uh two more things but i will fight for the belt. i will fight for the belt. okay sooner or later at this point uh i know that you know MMA is very popular in Poland, but you haven't had a chance to fight in Poland in a very long time. I just watched KSW this past weekend. Incredible <laughs> event. Is that a goal of yours before your career is over to fight in Poland once again? Uh, I, 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 w- I would love to. And uh, I bet that UFC will be back to Poland next year. Oh. And uh, yeah, they don't know that I know, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wow. Uh, you're the real deal maker over here. Impressive. Yeah. Okay. So everything's okay. No need to worry. Yes. Everything's good. Nothing to no. panic about. Yeah. It's calm. You surprised I'm calm, huh? Yeah. Well, I feel like you're. I feel like you're stopping short from telling us what you're really feeling. I feel like you're telling us a little bit. And dare I say? No, 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 no. Really, really. Yeah. No, my my manager called me Jennifer. I love Jennifer. She's like mother to me. She's my friend. She's my role model. And, uh, and she's like, Jay, Jay, everyone is calling. Like, like, 
how, how do you feel? I'm like, Jennifer, I do not care about it. I knew that. I just wanted to hear that. And she knows that, you know, we come because we know our value. And, and yeah, really, honestly, I do not care. It gave me only extra energy to, to be back stronger and prove that I'm one of the best. That's it. Being the champ or not, I'm one of the greatest. Who do you think wins? Selfish? No. I don't think so. That's the way you should. Who do you think That's wins? Hard. Rose or Jean? It's or... difficult. But I'm receiving many messages from coaches and fans. And somebody from my camp told me that Wei Jean is not the same after our fight. And it happened. She lost the knockout very quick. And I received the same message few days ago that she's not the same anymore i don't know i i can tell that she's training really hard and i know the chinese mentality that she she will be prepared very well but the question is is her head going to handle this we don't know but rose i'm happy for her man i'm happy for her it's a roller coaster she won, she lost, she won again. And uh, I don't know, it's hard. I think Rose again. I said that last time that she's going to win first round and it happened. And I feel like Rose is going to win. And after she wins, they might give her Carla because the only loss that she has to, like one of the losses she has to is Carla, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, he, I, I can see this scenario, you know? Yeah, so are you rooting yeah, for Jean? Because if Whaley wins, then you have I, better I'm chance. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. The better one is going to win. And uh, I've been honest with it. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But you will fight again. But, uh, March, April. Everything's okay. My therapy, so it's perfect time because doesn't matter who wins uh, next week. I can take the winner. And uh, because they usually need six months, at least six months to to step into the octagon again after the title fight. So, yeah, I will be ready. Uh, three months ago, two months ago, three months ago, I put in my head that I will be fighting March, April. And every day I make another steps to be just better, becoming just better, you know, and getting better. And I see the numbers every day. If it's lifting, if it's ground, uh, ground training, you know, jiu-jitsu or boxing, I see the numbers and I can feel it. That's the most important thing. <laughs> 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 you are not happy with my interview, huh? No, I'm very happy. I, <laughs> there's, 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 I'm good to see you. It's really good. It's good to see you too. I'm you're happy. Ha I'm yes. Happy. You're smiling. You're happy. You've told us you're happy several times. Guys, I... Uh, but to my fans, I'm saying that like, I will do this like, you know, like it's my job. So I have to fight for the money and I just want to get promotion, you know, and of fight course. for bigger money. And sometimes they say, oh, but you said you're not fighting for the money. Now you're saying you're fighting for the money. It's my job. I, I need course. to get paid. But I'm fighting for myself. But I just can't wait to put on a hell of a fight for fans, for people who are going to come watch, purchase the paper, you know. This is what amazed me about this sport, you know, being around people. 
listen, it's crazy to me when a fighter has to explain that. Meanwhile, you're talking to people who go and earn money in their job. This is the way you earn a living. This is yeah. you, you put your yeah. mo- you put your life on the line, your health, your mind. I'm a hustler. I make my I make money differently. I'm a hustler. What is it? Listen, you're going in there and you're fighting another human being in a cage. You get hematomas the <laughs> size of grapefruits on your yeah. head. You deserve to get paid. It was crazy, man. It was crazy. It was three crazy. days. <laughs> Couldn't see. Couldn't see. But uh, it was worth it, you know. But the happiest moment probably was when Dana called me, you know, the next day. He really took care of me. Like, I mean, mentally, you know, it was amazing. Thank you, Dana, for this. Yeah. All right. Real boss, real friend, really. Well, I... I uh... But it was scary. It was scary, so I, I need to get paid to take care of my... To make sure I will have enough money for my family to take care of me. Of course. Of course. <laughs> After a few more fights like this. Yeah. Did you think it was? It but was so- read books, guys. Read books, read books guys. Are- so did you think that your career would train, be over? We train our our bodies, so we have to we have to train our 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 brains as well. Yes. You know? By the way, did, again? You th- did you think your career was over after that fight because it was so scary? No, no, oh, okay, no. Okay, okay. I felt like oh, like the hell fight. No, no, no. no all right. But it was scary. You know? Yeah, yeah. And my boyfriend was there, and I felt like shit again you know i bring shame for him i mean like no it's not like he's no. going to be mad at me but i mean like you know i'm a girl people know me some don't know they're gonna think he beat me oh, up but geez. no we don't fight no good 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 and by the way we need to find your two extra belts where are those belts someone steal them what's going on yes we no i one time i thought so my first title difference was in berlin and i remember sean shelby came and said like no we have, no like they gave me the belt and then someone from PR came like, no, we have to take the belt because, you know, it was just, you know, to bring here, you're going to get it back. No, I didn't. And the other one, I don't know where it was, but I think it was the show with two or three title fights uh-huh. and they, they forgot. So I need to, one, one, one day Dana told me that he was going to give me and I believe, I believe Dana always uh, back it up, you know? Yes, for sure. Well, So uh, one day I will get it. I wish you the best, Joanna. Read books, guys. My yeah. books are Oh, well. there's your book. I will translate it in. No, because people ask me, but I will translate it. So I just have so many books here. It could be Brian. Kobe Bryant as well. So what? I Kobe read Bryant, many, yeah. Wait, you wrote those books, two books about yourself, about your life? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, This look at one you. It was wrote in 2016. This one from this year. Uh, very personal this one is but we're trying to translate i know guys you're texting me every day we're trying we're trying we're trying to translate there is a documentary about me on hbo uh not in the states yet but uh, i hope soon yeah. i know so many people watched and they changed the point of view they changed the point of view uh-huh. yeah, of me uh-huh. and mma because uh, the the hbo people they were with me uh, when in the fight week before I lost to Rose and they saw everything. Wow. You know? So that's good. They haven't seen the the the, the final wake up, but they were there. You know, and they know the truth. So that's wow. a good thing. Man, yeah. who knew? I didn't know you wrote uh, two books. I think I knew you wrote, you wrote one of them, but not the second one. And the yeah, second one is more personal. Two, yeah, it is. Okay. It is very personal. About your so upbringing, about your life? No more. Yeah, as well, as okay. well. 
Okay. And I, I gave the first book and it was about me. It was like more like introduction, introduction, mm-hmm. introduction. Yeah, yeah, introduction, yeah. So it's me, JJ. I became the UFC champion, how I became. But so many things happened in my life after that. And I wanted to be with people. I want to be with people uh, in good and bad times. So that's why I wrote the second book. That's a good thing. Joanna, I have a lot of respect for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Uh, Are you in New York? I was really hoping to come to New York next week but they haven't got back to me oh and i wanted to be a special guest but i will see you soon i will be back to the states in january so i will see you soon okay i look forward to that all the best to you thank you for doing this love you guys thank you for the support i love you (laughs) and watch Arya. he's the best thank you thank you so much there she is another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Joanny and Jacek, what a legend. Former strawweight champion. Got to grab my shoes here. I mean, what a day this is. I mean, holy smokes. What a day, guys. What a day. So we get some clarity there with that situation. Um, Let me see here. Get some clarity there on that situation. Was removed from the rankings. And uh, this happens. I mean, her last fight was uh, March of 2020. But you know how it goes. They probably offered her the Marina fight. I think I was onto something there. And said, hey, look, if you're not going to accept the fight... Uh, we're going to extend you. We're going to take you from the rankings. This is something that Francis Ngannou uh, talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago. Other fighters, many fighters have dealt with this in the past. Um, basically, if they offer you a fight and for whatever reason you don't like it, it doesn't fit your timeline, it's not the career path, whatever reason, uh, they can send you a letter and extend your contract six months, add to it, add, and they could just keep piling on to the point where you could be like, Two, three years in, if you keep turning down fights. It's it's a crazy, crazy sport. It really is. It's a fascinating sport. I mean, there's nothing like it. Not in the NBA, not in the NFL, and people talk about this. It is so complex. It will be so complex to change the model of the sport to where the fighters aren't put in situations like that. Now, of course, if you sign a contract for eight fights... You have to honor those eight fights. But what's so interesting about the contracts in MMA is, and it's not just UFC, it's just the way the sport is structured. You sign a deal for eight fights, more often than not, unless there's a guarantee, and that is super rare, one fight in, they don't like you, they can cut you. One fight in, you don't like them, you can't cut them. Tough spot to be in. Imagine you have a job You have a situation, you sign a three-year deal with a company, you work on a show, whatever, and then a year in, they're like, nah, we don't like you. Cut you. Imagine the shoes on the other foot. You don't like the job. You can't leave after a year. They'll sue you. So it's just one of the many complexities of uh, the UFC contract. Fascinating situation. It feels like more often than not, as someone progresses in their career and 
they smarten up about the business and they are enlightened, you know, it feels like we get into situations like like hers. And I hope it works out and I hope we get to see her fight again. And I hope she's happy and I hope she gets paid. And I truly do believe that every contender in a title fight and of course champion should get pay-per-view points. And there are some champions who don't, by the way. Some champions who don't. Some champions elect not to. Some champions aren't at that position to be getting paid. You're fighting for a title, whether you're the champ or challenger, you should get pay-per-view points in my opinion. Anyway, uh, someone who doesn't have to worry about that, at least as of right this moment, is our next guest. Big news. Yesterday afternoon, we found out that Platinum Mike Perry is leaving the UFC to sign with Bare Knuckle FC. Wow. Bombshell. And so without further ado, let us say hello to the Platinum One, Mike Perry, who's kind enough to join us. There he is. Mike, how are you? <laughs> What's up, man? I'm hey. good. Trying to get myself into some trouble? No. What? This is good news. No? This is exciting. Congrats. Yeah. I, thank you. I'm going to, I mean, I ain't got to do it today. I can't do it today or tomorrow. We don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. What do you mean by doing it? You mean the fight? <clears throat> yeah, what I do. That's what happened. How did this happen? We fight. Were you were you a free agent? Um, yeah, I'm a. I mean, I'm a prize fighter, a professional athlete, uh, entertainer to the people, and uh, businessman, entrepreneur. You know, we out here. Read the shirt. Mm-hmm. What does it say? Platinum. World's most dangerous welterweight. Let's go, Flint, Michigan. Represent. Could could you give us some insight? Because I mean, this kind of came out of nowhere. I don't. I, I spoke to you in August on this show, and uh, we were talking about you know you you seem to be in a great place, happy. It didn't seem like your time in the UFC was coming to an end. So how did how did this all come about? Uh. I'm a prize fighter, and these businesses compete for that Mike Perry money. And they and I, we all help and uh, raise awareness for, you know, violent people all over the world, just like me, who deserve more respect, and they're willing to fight for it. And then they fight for it over and over again, and they get something that they've never been offered before. So, you know, business, I'm in the Platinum Perry business and uh, whatever I need to do <clears throat> to take care of the fam is what I need to do, right? Speaking of which. Right on cue. I'm, I'm, yeah, you hear that? Yeah. My son, he's got all his toys and he's on the carpet. He can't get into nothing, but you got to go check on him at some time. Mama's not here right now. Okay. So. Do you want to go get him? Uh, Do you want to go check on him? I'll wait. You know, I know that he's fine, right? Go do it. So is is this a lesson for him in life <laughs> right now? No, no, no. You get what I'm saying? Go, go. Yeah, sure it is. He's fine. He better play with his toys and... As long as I can hear him, I know he's okay because that means he's breathing. 
That's true. Uh, is he in a crib or right? something? When daddy's home, he knows that, you know what? Someone's not always going to be there for you. And I guess I better figure it out myself. He had food. He's good. How old is he now? I'm mean dad, huh? I'm mean dad. No, no, listen. Oh. No. Someone calling you? Baby mama's calling me. Did I cut oh. out? Yeah, just for a second. Your your name popped up. Usually when someone calls in the middle of the Zoom, it uh, it shuts off your video. I still hear you, though. Huh. Look how important you are, Ariel Helwani. I'm not that important. What do you my mean? My baby's crying and my baby mama's calling, but go call. I'm <laughs> over here talking. I still don't see you, though. Give me a second. Okay, okay, cool. Sorry. No worries, no worries. I mean, listen, it's uh, it's fatherhood. Baby's most important. Uh, Platinum Perry, like we, uh, we reported yesterday, has signed with Bare Knuckle FC and uh, had a, a very entertaining run in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Saw him not that long ago. Here's the uh, the press release. They've signed former UFC star Platinum Mike Perry to a multi-fight agreement. It was announced today. Uh, yeah. Is everything okay? Yes. I'd like to thank uh, the world for waiting. No, no for problem. my son. By the way, you could bring your son right next to you if you want. I love kids. I have three myself. No. Right. Well, not right now, I guess. All right. Um, so, so was your... I, I'm just trying to gain some clarity. Like, was your contract up and, and uh, you decided to sign with... Bare knuckle, or or is this something you don't want to talk about? Uh, no, we talking about it. We talking about everything. Like you, you know, uh, you're saying the situation or what it was, and then we know that that means that I signed papers yeah. that say I'm gonna fight someone, just like this, just like I'm sitting on the couch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, so. People have comments on the internet. I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm in the Platinum Perry business, and um, there's no need to say or talk about anything negative. I'm I'm grateful and uh, happy for this opportunity, and uh, I want to make things happen for myself. I, um, you know, put my own flair into it. Uh, things like that, like clothing and, and um, I don't know, the way the world's working is already a little different. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I get to start over, I guess, but with experience and, and take this from the ground up, it's not the ground up. I mean, it's, it's a big company. A lot of people love this sport and uh, I love it. That's why I signed it too. I've, I think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Did you talk to any um, MMA organizations or was <clears throat> it just Bare Knuckle FC that you were interested in? I'm interested in fighting great competitors for money when it comes to punching in the face. I think uh, I can be skilled there. and But, you know... <clears throat> there's no there's no way out right so and there's no defense in that shit, mm -hmm. i don't think you just gotta hit them first hit them hard and uh 
and then do it again, I guess. Get in and out. Or and then stay in too. That that clinch stuff, that's gonna be interesting. I'm excited to do it. There's no way out. I can't shoot for a takedown. I'm actually quite a grappler. But you can still grapple, right? It's like clinch grappling. It's different. You know, who's the bigger man willing to stand there? Because even if it was in the octagon against wrestlers and stuff, I ain't fight too many wrestlers, though. I fought really good kickboxers. Um, kicks have been a problem for me, I guess. I got kicked in the face. Um, the grappling, I feel like I just don't be liking the grapple. <laughs> I don't be liking to do that all the time, but I'm, I'm quite good. Um, my teammates are good too. I don't, I want to punch them sometimes and I know, but I don't, a little, I try sometimes, but, uh, you know, we also have a lot smaller gloves, no headgear. I get in the boxing ring, and we put on headgear, and we try to hit each other. It's fun. When do you think you'll debut? Whenever. Okay. I heard Could maybe be. January, early Platinum, Okay, yeah, Platinum Perry's ready to fight. Okay. And, and if we can make if we can make the – I mean, if people want to see it, I fight anybody. I know that I've, you know, some people don't agree or whatever. Some people don't agree with the sport. Heck, I mean, I'm, I think I'm good at punching people, bro. I think I'm going to do a good job. I think I'm going to hurt somebody. I want to. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm. I'm going to practice that too. So we'll see what it's like. Do you, do you and I'm going to get paid. I hope, yeah. you know, I want to, uh, I want to do business. I want to create something that I can give to my family. And, um, like I said, I don't know if you read things, but, uh, I said something about being the king of the streets and the king of uh, combat sports. No one's, I want to be so fierce that when it comes to stepping up to the plate against me, people ain't going to want to do it. I saw you wrote something a couple of days ago, uh, super beat your ass mode, nine trilly instinct. <laughs> Feels like it's been 15 years in the last five in the hyperbolic time-space continuum woe day. Can't wait to see all the new competition It's coming. Were you referring to this new chapter in your life? Um, no. No. Because this, this has been... Every time I fight... If you're a fighter and you fight the way that life goes, it's like you don't know if there's going to be another one. You don't know. if they. I don't know how long they're going to let me do this. So, you know, it's not up to me or my choice. It's like I don't even have – this is just 
when I get an opportunity, it's so great. You can't miss out. You want to be a part of it. And those opportunities come to me. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of different opportunities in different ways. So are you, uh, can I ask, are, are you getting more from BK than you were UFC? Better deal. So would say. Okay. That's good. Um, do you think your days of fighting in MMA are over? Do you think you will now focus solely on bare knuckle boxing, but you mentioned the grappling, like, do you think you have completed your MMA chapter and now it's onto these new, new sports? Um, no, I think I could go back. I should still grapple a little bit. Like, cause I use it a little bit when I punch. Right. But, you know, and it works against, against really good grapplers. Punching works and, and vice versa. Grappling works against really good punchers, but you know, so it's just, I want to let it go. I know. So if I know that punching is all we're doing, I feel like I can do better at that. I don't know. Quite the five-year run for you in the UFC. Do you, do, you, do you leave with happy memories? Or are you proud of what you accomplished in the UFC? Um, listen, like, it's simple, bro. They're going to step. They're going to put a man across from me and pay me money to create a show a gladiatorship, a, a warrior race, uh, uh, you know, a battlefield. Let's go. Let's play the game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm competitive. Every time, everything like, let's compete. Let's go to the arcade and play basketball oh, or no, nah, but like, you know, it's gotta mean something though. It can't mm-hmm. be that. It can't be that simple. So, like, I mean, I would be down to do some celebrity pickup games, though. Oh. I'll cross some fools up out there. Dog behind their back, spin a Rooney to the hole, <laughs> Kobe Bryant style. You know, I ain't going to disrespect Kobe like that, bro. Yeah. No, I play ball, though. Like, more like, more like, um, and what's his name? He's in trouble. Kyrie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I play like Kyrie, though. Not as, you know. The shakeups ain't as good. Right, I mean, they're not as precise. But he can't fight me though. No, you know, no threats being thrown. I ain't threatening Kyrie Irving. You could probably hang. Never know. The... <laughs> Never know what they're gonna say, Ariel. No, no, no. Listen, I'm looking. Listen. You know, uh, this is safe space for you, Mike. Hands up, chin down. Um, well, th- I mean, like nah, I said, not this, quite. <laughs> this came out of nowhere. It's, it's fascinating. <laughs> do you do you think at some point you'll end up back in the UFC? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have an opponent in look, mind? Right. Oh. So look, look, okay. and now it's like I got these people's money behind me, right? Because they they signed me. They're saying that this is what they're going to, we all going to put out. So, 
I'm going to become this champion over here. And I can't lie and say that I don't see who the champ is. You know, let's go. So I'm, I'm not going to get that fight first. So I'm here to fight any man to prove my worth. And, you know, wherever we get to a gold belt, I deserve a platinum or a gold or a platinum and gold belt. I deserve something in my lifetime. Damn it. I do. And I got to be good and just do good and work hard. That's it. I'm training and I'm ready. And I'm going to beat people up and get a gold belt. And I'm going to put my belt up against other belts. And I'm going to beat those belts up. I'm going to beat somebody over the head with a belt. Probably my son. No, 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 no. Hey, he's being very quiet. I, was, I gave him a bottle. Ah, respect. That will do it. Bye-bye. How, how old is he now? Almost 10 months. Oh, wow. Okay. He's like a grown yeah. person, man. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. He's like grown up. I saw know? Julian Lane saying he was interested in maybe uh, introducing you to Bare Knuckle. Julian Lane, I think, uh, formerly of Tough, the Let Me Bang Bro guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, you know... You know, I'm a little fearful of like the um, the uh, I don't know a sensitive way to say it. Like, you know, I'm a little homophobic when it comes to MMA fighting callouts. I don't want my opponent to uh, want to bang, bro. So, you know, I'm a little hesitant uh, with that one. I mean, we can make any fight happen, though. I mean, whoever that, whoever bare knuckle happens, but I'm supposed to, I want to get slim pickings because that's one fight, you know. And um, there's other guys, too. I saw a Marine guy. And uh, someone calling you? Oh, there's me talking to me. You still there, Mike? We lost him. Oh. I was just going to wrap. Um, let's just call him back. And, you know, I don't like to say goodbye like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him back on. All second. right. We'll get Mike back on. There he is. Oh, there he is. Okay, there he is. Uh, looking forward to it. I congratulate you on the new deal. Congrats on a great run in the UFC, a very entertaining run. You gave us a lot of great memories. You you put your body on the line, your heart on the line. Uh, you know, you always showed up. You're always a uh, a fan favorite. So congrats on a great run in the UFC, and uh, let's see what happens in, in Bare Knuckle. I look forward to the debut January, February, whenever it is. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to, uh, to tune in for it. So good luck. Keep those hands, you know, keep them safe. You know, I know there's, a, there's minimal wrapping, but, you know, want to have a, a successful and, you know, a positive run over there in BK. Uh, good luck, my man, and thanks for doing this. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye, Mike. Talk to you soon. There he is, Mike Perry, joining us. Platinum Mike Perry. Um, fascinating. I'm putting my shoes back on. I was getting, uh, I was getting comfortable. Let's uh, let's go to the Twitter comments here for a second. Um, wow, Strickland and Perry laying it all out there. Crazy show today. WTF? This is the greatest MMA hour of all time. 
Can we have Strickland and Perry on every week? Holy shit, what a show. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> um, yes, uh, this is from some dude online. Uh, that was a completely different guy than the last interview. I thought the same. Stuff on Joanna. Some stuff on Daniel Cormier going on a trip with uh, Kane. Anyhow, that was fascinating. Uh, wow, what a day. We started, we started the day with Virna Janjiroba dancing. To, uh, can, we get, can we get Virna back on just for, you know, like a little mental cleanse? Can we get that video of Virna dancing to Island Boy? Do we have that? I just kind of need that for a second. Do we have that? Yep. Let's get, let's get Virna back just to sort of reset here. Um, whenever you're ready, I'll just lay out. This is better. I feel. I, I'm starting to feel better already. I mean, how does that not put you in a good mood? George Ivy, George Ivy. God bless you, Verna. God bless. God bless. Um, so, without further ado, let's say hello. <laughs> GC, and at what point, GC, did you say to yourself, man, I had this job where, like, we would talk to, uh, you know, uh, Tim Kirkshen and, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, Tim Legler, Game I mean, Night. Yeah. Tim, Tim Kirkshen on a good day for Game Night. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the amount that Game Night gets brought up on this show is it's amazing. It's all time. I mean, everyone <laughs> at ESPN Radio loves it. All the, all the promo for Game Night. Uh, at what point uh, in this particular episode are you saying to yourself, holy crap, what did I get myself into? At what, at what point? No, I mean I loved it. Uh, yeah, I mean you summed it up perfectly when we were uh, when we were waiting for Mike to come back on. It's uh, it's been an interesting day today, yeah. man. And I had a feeling, and uh, you know, not for any particular reason. I mean, I know Sean is a little bit different. I'm still. Can I ask? I mean, I'm still not sure what to make of that. What, what did you make of that Sean Strickland interview? I mean, dude, he's an interesting guy. Uh, like, kind of worrisome how much uh, he said that he thinks about killing people. Um, I guess it's good he stays out of the public domain as much as he does. Yeah. I dude, I don't know, man. I mean, going from him to Velasquez, yeah. was like two opposite ends of the spectrum. I feel like they could hang out with each other and benefit. <laughs> That's a from great it. point. I mean, that like, is an absolute great point. But even getting that from Kane, who I mean, always like I said, very reserved, stoic, didn't give you much, and now he's talking about psychedelics and love and all this stuff um and there's a couple of times there where i was like man i wish i had 30 more minutes to uh to dig a little deeper there and then you get joanna and she's nope. telling you stuff and not telling you stuff and then mike who was dramatic you, you you weren't here the first time mike was on in this new era but uh a dramatically different mike perry than the one we spoke to in late august so yeah i mean how <laughs> How many how many questions did Mike answer directly? I don't know. He, I was don't. Go, he went off the rails a few times. <laughs> the baby's crying in the back. I mean, yes. We should have had a lower third ready for uh, for the baby. For the baby, yeah. Back, yeah. Even Rico was more talkative than normally. Of Ray Cooper, who's about to go to war, literally going to fight yes. in seven hours. Also reserved and stoic. Virna Janjiroba dancing. By the way, <laughs> you didn't think that she would do it. All right, I mean, I she wasn't, hasn't. She hasn't listen, done it yet. But I, mean, I wasn't saying that. Like she just the fit. 
for Vienna yeah. <laughs> to go do it is going to be, I mean, if she does it, it's going to be all time. It's going to be hilarious. Um, Sean Brady actually tweeted me in the middle of the show, but I, I, I forgot about it because it's been such a crazy day. So let me just read this quick update from Sean Brady. Um, okay, so he tagged Andre Petrovsky and he said, what happens if Andre walks out to the song first? Technically he can. I just looked up the fight order. Andre fights first. We've got a race here. Now, Sean is the one who's saying on behalf of his guy that he's going to walk out. We've yet to get confirmation from Petrovsky, so we'll see. Uh, Vierna seems to be out there saying, like, I'm in. But as I said, if both individuals walk out, they're both going on the wall. A deal is a deal. You don't want to get caught. You don't want to get busted here. I feel like the more people that do it, the the higher the chances that the UFC is like, what's going on? You're right, 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 you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. I thought what you were going to say was like, historically, I don't think, I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong. At this point, how many UFCs? This is 267 plus the fight nights. I would venture to say there's been around like 500 or so, right? Maybe even a little bit more. A lot. Yeah. There's been a lot, yeah. I don't think there's ever been a card where someone, or two fighters walked out to the same song. Yeah. So that would be a red flag it's, in yes, its own it's right. It's going to, yeah, yeah. to add, spring some questions up. And I mean, what if Dan Hooker ends up doing it too? Yeah, they're right. <laughs> I mean, you got three guys. And what if Glover does it? Uh, you know? Um, <laughs> the 40, the almost 42-year-old walking out of that. I mean, Vierna with the with the remix had the beat underneath it. She's, I, I feel like she's nice. taking this the most seriously. I mean, she's putting it out there. She's dancing to it. I've gotten confirmation from her manager. So let's see. One of the many things to look forward to this weekend, of course, a lot of big fights. The floor is yours, my friend. Uh, what do we got? And And perhaps even a little PFL tonight. Yeah, I mean, listen, I can give out the PFL parlay. I already put it on Twitter, but I mean, we got fights starting in 20 minutes. <laughs> no. so, I mean, if you so don't have the bets in now, Let's, I mean, can you do a these... bet? Can you do a bet 20 minutes out? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can you can place a bet while they're walking to the That's octagon. True. True. I mean, they don't they don't take the lines down. For PFL, we don't have a graphic or anything. I'll just run through it. Don Maj took him on the money line at minus 550. Julia Budd, minus 400. Omari Akhmedov, minus 500. Capaloza, Deleja. Fight does not go the distance, minus 400. Harrison Guardado, under 2.5 at minus 390. Five picks, pays out plus 178. A little something to get us to Saturday. Okay, so no no Ray Cooper. Nah, no Ray Cooper, but if I was going to play that, I'd play the dog there. Same with, uh, I think it's Chris Wade. I'd, I'd take the dog in that one. And, and is Cooper the dog? Cooper is the dog. Okay. Um, yeah. Six fights, million dollars on the line in each of them. I know. It's fun. You know what? I've come around a little bit. I used to be very anti uh, the format. I've come around. PFL has done a really nice job of finding their place in the sport, being different than the UFC, being different than Bellator. And one of the stories to watch as we head into the new year, one of the many stories to watch, in addition to the Kayla Harrison story, which I may have a little more on in the very near future, uh, is their TV situation. Uh, Their ESPN deal is done as of tomorrow. I mean, it's the last fight. Uh, and I hear, I, I hear they've been talking to some interesting outlets. You know, the TV game has changed, right, with streaming and all this stuff. Yep. And so I'm really curious to see uh, where they end up. Do they go back to ESPN? Do they end up on a streaming platform? One championships deal with Turner is done. I think going on after AEW on Wednesday nights would be huge for an MMA promotion. Uh, you know, you've got the Peacock Networks out there. You've got the Amazons out there. You've got the Hulus out there. You've got Plus, ESPN Plus, of course, out there. You've got Turner out there really getting into sports now with NHL and baseball doing great for them, uh, TNT and TBS. So, yeah, that's one of the big stories to watch. But PFL, PFL has done some really yeah, nice things. Uh, I saw what the CEO had to say during uh Oh, yeah, you saw his, that. That was spicy, man. Don Davis. So Don Davis is a very 
Uh, he's a very colorful guy, an opinionated guy. And, you know, one thing that PFL has been missing is that face, is that voice. Dana White was huge for the UFC. You always need that promoter. Eddie Hearn in Matchroom, uh, Bob Arum, Top Rank, Vince McMahon, WWE, Don King back in the day, Dana White. I feel like the best promotions, Coker's a different kind of cat, but he's, at, he's still a face. They don't have that. They don't have that voice. Ray Sefo is a former fighter who's a current coach who just doesn't have that connection with the audience. If Don Davis could be that guy to poke the bear a little bit, to ruffle some feathers, but to also, you know, kind of puff his chest out and say, our fighters are the best and we treat our fighters, that's going to generate some buzz and some headlines. They need, they've been missing that. So maybe Don Davis is that guy. Yeah. I think the 4.30 on a Wednesday fight fight start time might hurt a little bit but uh, definitely i mean if, if we're being honest that's probably uh more of a espn call than a pfl call right classic no 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 it's not classic <laughs> but i mean like it's a very busy time right we got the nba yeah. we got the nhl now we got college World football going on well no but they don't have the rights my point oh, is yeah, okay, they're right. probably finding a slot and they're saying hey wednesday's a quiet night um not a ton of competition but like you ain't doing it on college football saturday right Right. They're not I getting mean, ESPN yeah, 2 placement. That's a good point. I'm not yeah. trying to be a hater here. Why are you trying to pay me as a hater? I'm just no, trying, I wasn't saying you were a hater. I'm trying was, to teach you about... I was more so hating on ESPN. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I misread that Burke, one. Burke Magnus. You know Burke Magnus. Yeah. That's my boy. Not really, but uh, we never really <laughs> spoke. But in any event. Um, all right, so that's PFL. Yeah. What else we got? UFC 267, That's man. right. Finally, we get a pay-per-view. It's been... Oh, well, technically, it's not a pay-per-view, but... Yeah, we get, a, we number. get a number card. Yep, number card. Been five weeks, I think, four weeks since uh, since two sixty six. I mean, it's a fantastic card. It's it's unbelievably deep. Multiple multiple fights could be the main event in uh, you know a fight night or something like that. You got four undefeated fighters, six with one loss. I mean, that's a that's a third of the card right there. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple Polish fighters for for the champ. A lot of a lot of Russians, Dagestani. So uh, yeah, man, it's gonna be an awesome fight uh, fight card. Starts at ten thirty in the morning too. How do like, you feel about the early start? I love it. I love it. I'll, I'll, I will be up and at them, ready to go on uh, on Saturday morning. I, I'm a big fan of it. So I got five singles for you and then three parlays. Oh. We'll run through the singles and then we'll run through the parlays real All quick. Right. All right, we'll start it off. Early prelims, lightweights. Demir is Magulov. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take him by decision at even money over Magomed Mustaveev. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demir, he's the former M- M1 lightweight champ. He's won 18 straight fights dating back to 2015. Started out 4-0 in the UFC against pretty good competition. Joel Alvarez, he's won three straight since. Tiago Moises. Mo- Moises is 4-2 and in his last six. Mm-hmm. And those two losses have come to Islam Makashev and Demir. Makachev beats Moises. He gets put in the top five of lightweight. Demir beats him. We get crickets, but, uh, you know, that is what it is. Demir, he shook off some rust in his last time out against Rafael Alves. Uh, in May, it was his first fight since 2019. This will be Mustafayov's first fight since pre-COVID. I'm not really sure how much that matters, though, because he's, like, oddly inactive. He only has got five fights since 2015, but, you know, it could come back to bite him. The worry here is is the knockout power from uh, Mustafaev. Powerful striker, spinning kicks like we saw against Rafael Faziev. He's got the knees. He could certainly end this one early. That's that's my biggest concern. But 
I think Demir's the more technically sound striker. He's got the two-inch height advantage, three-inch reach advantage. He's patient, effective wrestling and grappling. He's never been taken down in the UFC. If Mustafayev does try to go that route, like we saw him do against Brad Riddell, he got eight takedowns in this one. I just don't see him being able to do that here. Demir's won six of his last seven by decision. Mustafayev, solid chin. He's never been KO'd. So I think this one does go to the card, and I think Demir's going to be the one getting his hand raised, so I'll take it at even money. All right. I will keep by the moving. way, all lines provided by are from our friends yes. over at DraftKings. I mean, some of, some of these have moved. There it is. <laughs> there I mean, that's supposed to be your line, here. if I'm being honest. But uh, I know. Thanks. Uh, thanks for reminding no, me. No, I'm always happy to help. Listen, of course. A t- a kind of a tough name card. Well, yeah. Tough to get them out here. Well, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, it's easier for them to fight in Abu Dhabi than it is to come to the United States, so they uh, they get this opportunity. But again, as I said at the beginning of the week, uh, in the past, they've had these Abu Dhabi cards before the whole Fight Island thing, uh, where it's like one good fight at the very top, and then the rest is a little comsi comsa. Can't say the same about this one. This is a solid, solid fight card from top to bottom. There is something for yes. everyone. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, Demir's 23-1 and one in his career been a champion different promotions it's, it's a lot of really good fights on this one uh next up though we'll go to flyweight stay in the prelims ricardo hamos we're going to take him as an underdog over zabaira to kugov mm-hmm. uh i see this one as closer to a coin flip than, than the odds have it so i'm willing to lay the money with the uh, with the dog in this one i just think hamos is more creative i think he's the active fighter uh zabaira he's He's never landed more than 40 strikes in a UFC fight, and five of his seven fights have gone the distance. He just really doesn't do that much. And we've seen him gas late in fights. Last time out against Akeem Dawoodoo, we saw him visibly fatigued in that third round. He threw 10 punches, then he's just desperately going for takedown after takedown, gets all five of them stuffed. Uh, We saw it again uh, against Murphy, and that was a short-notice fight for Murphy. Uh, He throws eight punches in the third round in that one. Four takedown attempts, gets controlled almost the entire round, is forced into a draw because of that one since he can't win that last round. On the flip side, Hamos does appear to have pretty good cardio. Uh, he also has the danger of being able to get on the back, go for the sub. He can mix in the takedowns, try to outstrike him uh, on the feet and try to get it to a decision. Uh, with Zabira, he does have that knockout ability, and we have seen Hamos be a bit chinny. He's got two knockouts in the first round, losses uh, on his record. And at the end of the day, I mean, neither of these guys are really world beaters. Probably fairly close on the feet. Zabira's the better wrestler. Hamo's probably the better grappler. Really, anything could happen. But, you know, with it being such an, you know, close fight the way I see it, but the odds are a little bit more lopsided, I'm willing to lay the money with Hamos. He's got that four-inch reach advantage. And the longer the fight goes, I see it as an advantage for Hamos. So I'll, I'll, I'll take him at plus 150 here as a dog. Okay, I like it. This one's going to hurt a little bit after Uh-oh. after how much we've praised no. him. No, come on. You, wait, did you make this pick before you found out about it? Oh, her? well before. Well before, yeah. The and graphic's already been made. But listen, you can adjust. I've already taken the fight. I've already taken uh, the bet. And you can't cancel it? Yeah, man, I just think Hevis is the uh, far superior striker in this one. I mean, if it stays on the feet, I think this is Hevis' fight. We saw Janjaroba get outstruck by Mackenzie Dern. Like, mm-hmm. she was she was convincingly outstruck by Mackenzie Dern, who we saw Amanda Hebus absolutely dominate in the striking department. More than triple her significant strike. She won an easy decision. I'm not doing the MMA math here, but it is a you little bit. You love the MMA math. It's, it's a little bit of MMA it's your math thing. for you. I mean, he was going to have the edge in this fight, however long it stays standing. Better technical striker, better defensively on the feet. But if it does go to the ground, I, th- I do think it's a much closer fight. But I'm not going to sleep on Hebus. She's She's got the high-level jiu-jitsu, BJJ, black belt, and I just don't see her getting submitted. And, you know, with the ground game being so close, 
but the wide divide on the feet and the odds being pretty close, I'm willing to lay the small price with with Evis at minus 140. Damn, that's whack. That is whack. <laughs> well, listen, we will find out. Just like you don't bet against Fyodor in uh, yeah, in Russia, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't you don't vote you, you don't bet against the island. Boys that's coming right. Out. That's right. Well, what if she doesn't come out to it then? Okay, then, then, then it will be uh, it will be prophetic on your part. It will be uh, the right call. But as of right now, she seems very genuine about the whole thing, and so I'm taking her word for it. All right, all right. Well, I'll be going with Evas here. So it's it's unfortunate. I I actually it did hurt me to go against her now, knowing that she's going to do the Island Boys. But uh, we'll keep it mo- we'll keep it rolling. Let's go to the co-main event. Piotr Jan, Corey Sandhagen. I'm actually going to take this fight to go the distance. It's not something I typically do, but I'm, I'm going to take it to go all 25. I think this one is going to be sweaty. Hands are going to be clammy while you're watching it. Um, I know Sandhagen. He's got the flying knees. He's got the wheel kicks. Jan can power up. You know, late into the fight. You know, go for the finish on the ground, whatever he's going to do. But I think both these guys have proven their ability. Jan's never been finished before. Sanhagen, just that one time against Aljo, obviously the submission. I just don't think Jan's – that's just not Jan's game. I don't think he's going to go for a submission here. Um, it's just going to be such a high-level fight, dude. I really don't know who's going to win. Tactical fight with both these guys being so tough. The iron clad chins. I really do think it goes all 25. We saw Sanhagen do it against Dillashaw. Jan was likely headed that way if there wasn't the illegal knee against Aljo. So at essentially even money, I'll take it to go to the scorecards at minus one ten. All right, you see yeah, that? Yeah, I saw that. I saw the, actually the, in, I, the individualized graphics. I mi- you know what? I saw it from the corner of my eye because I'm focused on you here. Can I see that one more time? Yeah, we've had one for every bet so far. Look at that. Look this at is just that. for you. Man. I like this is good. This is good. I mean, we're in the visual medium here. This is nice. We're progressing yeah, with the graphics. I like also, it. the new lower third. We finally got the GC. We got the colored bird. Uh, the color bird, meaning the uh, the blue, yeah, yeah, the Tweety bird, yeah, and you got you the really GC. Tell, you? No, well, you got the GC in the middle. We got the DraftKings logo. I mean, everything is just slowly but surely. This is starting to look like a real broadcast here. Starting to man, we're we're getting there. I love especially, it. Especially today, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All Imagine right. if I was doing this show at uh, <laughs> the former place. Uh, yeah, we would have been taken off the yeah. the FCC would have been. That's the a few beauty times. of this. You should be thanking us. Yeah, I think Strickland uh, probably would have gotten us all fired pretty quickly, to, uh, to say the least. Oh, there. But uh, All right, final single play. It's the main event, light heavyweight championship. I am going to take Jan Blahovich inside the distance Ooh. at even money over Glover Teixeira. I mean, it's an amazing story that Glover's had here to get this title shot. I mean, both these guys have great stories. Like, I mean, there's some good storylines on this card, but like, imagine if... Glover gets the belt, like that would that would just be insane. Also, tomorrow's his birthday. Oh. Shout out, shout out to Glover Teixeira. Tomorrow's his birthday, but he is forty two, right? Yes, yeah. he he is turning forty two. We haven't seen him fight in a year, which which does mean something at this age. I know. Here I go again, doubting the elders of the game. Fyodor made me pay last mm-hmm. week. Maybe Glover makes me pay this week. Um, but I do believe John Young gets the win here, and I think it's by. By finish, it's 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 incredible what Glover's been doing on this run up to a title challenge. These comebacks, we've we've seen him get dropped heavy, man. Carl Roberson looked like the fight was over. He comes in just hammering onto his head. Somehow Glover comes back. Cute Lava drops him with a huge spinning back fist. Anthony Smith delivering a lot of damage early. Tiago Santos also put him down early, but Glover comes back in every single one of those and gets the win in all of them. I mean, it really is incredible. But with that said. I think Jan has has a little bit of a difference from those guys, and I think Jan knows that Glover has that comeback capability, and I, j- I just think there's a difference with the Polish power, man. He doesn't get punch happy. He's not going to get in a susceptible position if he does knock Glover down, which I think he's going to get the opportunity to. He doesn't let up until the fight's over. 
And the chances are there will be that opportunity for Jan to land the big blow. I mean, we've seen it in almost every single Glover fight. You're going to have a chance to land a big punch, to tag him at some point, and it's all just how you go about it from there. Sometimes, you know, with these last fights, you see the guys mm-hmm. get in trouble afterward. Plus, Jan, man, we, we talked about it off the air. He's just looked so impressive lately. The dominant win over Adesanya. He rips through Dominic Reyes and Corey Anderson, sleeps Luke Rockhold. I mean, he's looked every part of the champion uh, so far. So uh, Glover's got the advantage on the ground, but I'm not going to sleep on Jan either here. BJJ Black Belt, just like Hebus. Uh, you know, we saw him in a beautiful grappling exchange, get the get the triangle choke against Nikita Krylov. And a little bit of my math, and I know you hate to do it, but, uh, you know, on the run-up to the title, Glover, he got a very, very close uh, split decision against Krylov. So just an interesting note there. So uh, I think the Polish power, I think he turns off the light and still. And I'm going to take him at inside the distance at even odds. All right. So those are the five single plays there. Uh, we got the, uh, the recap graphic. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, look at that. We're really coming up in the graphics department. I love it. I love it. Okay, no sign of the wolf, no sign of Islam. Well, we obviously got to talk about the parlays. Yes. I, I appreciate that segue yes. there from you. You are a yep. uh, true pro in this in this broadcasting realm. Uh, we got three parlays. I'll just run through them real quick. They're all uh, at a little bit shorter odds. Parlay number one, it's going at plus 115. Three legs to it. We'll start with uh, Lerone Murphy at minus 300 over uh, Mr. Fendlin. Yes, Makwan. Amir, Amir Hani. Hani. That's right. Amir Hani. Yes. Yeah, Mr. Fenlon, dude. He's 3-4 in, in, in the UFC since 2017. In those seven fights, he has been outstruck in every single one of them. He is going to get outstruck in this one, too. He will try to take this to the ground. He's going to go for the submission. I really only see that, that as his only option of getting the win here. And Miracle Murphy is no slouch on the ground. Um, if it does go there, he went the decision with Zabira, who we talked about earlier, on short notice, too. And he had almost 10 minutes of control time against him. So he's no slouch on the ground. I don't think he's going to get submitted. And if it does stay standing, Murphy's just going to piece him apart. He's going to mix in the kicks. He's got the tight, big shots. He's proven he's got that knockout power. And I think that's how this one ends. Or we get the unanimous decision for Murphy. I like that fight. That's probably my uh, under-the-radar fight for the early prelims. Yeah, man. I mean... Ron Murphy's still undefeated. Yes. He's, it's, I'm telling you, there's a, there's a lot of crazy story. Shot in the face. That's why he's called Miracle uh, Murphy. Luke Barnard. I actually did not know that. Oh, yeah. Shot in the face. Crazy story. I think he was outside like a barber shop or something. Wow. And the, I like him even more the now. The bullet went through his, uh, his cheek. Survived. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Shows, shows the research I'm doing here. Yeah. I can't even find that out about him. I mean, miracle. All right. Next leg yeah. on this one Islam Makachev. Mm-hmm. I'm taking him at minus 550 over Dan Hooker. Line is on the move. It opened at minus 300 for Islam, but it's people are hammering him down to this one. I, I got so much respect for Dan after everything this last year. I mean, dude is a badass. He has the potential to become a legend if he can get the win oh here. My God. I mean, I can't even imagine if he pulls this off. I'll, I'll lose the parlay happily. It would, it would be literally stuff of legend. He's also fought top-tier talent all throughout his career. He looked great against Nazrat, but I just... I just don't see it happening here for him. Makashov, he's incredible defensively on the feet. I think he'll be able to avoid one of those big knees or monster shots from him, and I really think the only way Hooker wins is by KO. Obviously, the threat of being taken down is always going to be there with Islam, kind of similar to that Michael Chandler fight. I think it's going to deter Hooker a little little bit. He's going to be a little bit more cautious. Islam can hold his own on the feet too, and eventually it will end up on the ground where you're going to be in his domain, you're going to be in his world, and it's just going to be dominance from there. So I'll take Makashev. 
in front of Hezbollah. Mm, in front yeah. of his man Hezbollah that's to get the win. Right, that's right. Calling out Dan Hooker. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, Hezbollah yeah. yeah. But then him. Hooker came out today and said that he's got the other dude on his side. I think Ahmed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be a, a war of attrition. Here. I don't know what the fascination is with those dudes, but hey, God bless. God bless, man. Island boys, Hezbollah. That's right. <laughs> to get it all on here, man. <laughs> what a scene uh, it's going to be. Yeah, so we'll finish out this parlay, parlay number one, with Jan on the money line for all the reasons that I just said. Mm-hmm. That one pays out at plus 115. All right. And we will move on to parlay number two. This one, very similarly, pays out at plus 114. We'll start with Albert Duraev. I'm going to take him at minus 305 over Roman Kopilov. The striker in Kropilov versus a grappler in Duraev. Duraev looked to take this one to the ground quickly. We just saw him get a first-round submission on the Contender Series a couple weeks ago. He's got nine of his 14 professional wins by submission. We haven't seen Kopilov in two years. The last time out, he did get submitted by Carl Roberson, who is not the greatest grappler on earth. The time off versus a very active submission specialist just doesn't set up well, and I think Duraev is going to get this to the ground and get the finish. Okay. All right, let's move to leg number two. Tagir Ulimbekov over Alan Nasimeto. I like how you're challenging yourself with these names. I mean, you're not just going for the easy ones, the Dan Hookers of the world, the Corey Sandhagens. You're going, you're, you're going for the, you know, you're really digging down deep. Yeah, I can't lie. When I, when I reviewed all these picks, I was like, I have set myself up yeah, for no. failure I mean, you're doing well. with, with, these, with these names. But, yeah, we get a Dagestani on the card, one of many. Um, he's got a lot to prove. Front of the family could be Hezbollah, like yep, we mentioned yep. earlier, uh, and he gets Nascimento. Nascimento, uh, he was on the Contender Series back in 2018. He lost in a split decision. He's only had one fight since in a small promotion, and now he's making the leap back to the UFC. And this one's going to be on short notice, and he's getting a very tough test into gear in this one. Um, similar to Duraev, uh, Nascimento, he goes for submissions. 14 of his 18 wins are by sub. But he's getting this Dagestani into gear, man, who trains with the guys like Khabib, like Islam, like Usman. He's He's got great wrestling. He's got great grappling. Has never been finished. So Nascimento could struggle to get the submission here, and I think that's the only way he's going to get the win. On the feet, Tagir has the advantage. He's the better boxer, kickboxer, counterpuncher. So I see Tagir outpointing him, using his grappling, using the defense to stay away from the sub, and he gets a decision one. Okay. Final leg on this parlay, parlay number two, leg number three. We'll go with welterweight. Hamzat Shemaev. Yeah. We got him at minus 440. Mm. He's moving, man. He opened at like minus 265. That one's on the move over Lee Ji Liang. The leech. Yeah, as much as I believe Hamzat wins here, there there are definitely some current concerns. I would not be completely shocked if uh if this is the one that killed us. I mean, the leap in level of competition, Lee's presence on the feet, the knockout power, mm-hmm. and he puts you out. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't t- TKO power. Uh, you know, Hamzadi had that nasty bout with COVID, mm-hmm. bleeding lungs during practice mm-hmm. and everything. But I do think he's moved past that. He's the bigger fighter here. He's the longer fighter here. And I just believe he's the more skilled fighter overall, similar to Makashev. This one needs to end up on the ground for Shemaev. He'll use that arm trap, dominate him on the ground. Once it gets there, the ground and pound. I mean, obviously, the biggest worry for, for Hamzad is is trying to stand and box with him. If he does get, you know, cocky, if he tries to test how good his, his stand-up game is, uh, he does have the potential of getting KO'd. But I just don't see that happening here. So I'm going to have Hamzad moving to 10-0. I'm a little and, surprised. I'm not, not by the pick, but the, the line is so big just given all those health questions. I mean, the guy retired. I agree, man. He retired in the midst of all of this. Yes. And then everyone's like, nah, you're not retiring. But, I mean, he's showing his pictures of blood in the sink that he coughed up. So that's one of the... Yeah, uh, right. Like, no, I agree with you, man. I, I actually almost left Hamzat off of it, yeah. which which I'll probably kick myself if he does lose. But 
just the more and more I viewed it, I just I just feel like if if he is who he was before all yeah. this, I, I think no, he gets get the it. win. And I really do think Lee and Hooker are both going to come out a little timid, a little gun shy because of that immediate threat of being taken down. Mm. Um, just just having to be careful. So I think that plays in their advantage. All right, last so one. That, that's parlay number two. Let's finish it off. This one's only two legs. It's going at minus one twenty five. We'll go with light heavyweight Magomed Ankalaev mm-hmm. over Vulcan Olsdemir. I mean, you got to be wary of, of Vulcan here. He can put anyone down at any time. He almost KO'd Jiri in the first round last time out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a nice test for Ankalaev, but I do think the only way that Vulcan gets the win here is by KO. I think Ankalaev is the real deal. I mean, if he doesn't get buzzer beater submitted by Paul Craig, I mean, still insane that he had to tap that out with one second left. I mean, we're talking about a 16-0 fighter with some really decent wins on his record. I just think he's the better striker you know he's got more diverse with his attacks he's patient better defensive striking he can keep it at range with the kicks plus he's got the wrestling and grappling advantage i think he has the advantage in almost every facet of this fight but vulcan i mean he's always dangerous for the ko but regardless of that i think he avoids it so i'll take out here okay and to finish this off yes final leg of the final parlay we're gonna go with heavyweight alexander volkov at minus 290 over marcin tibura um tibura he doesn't want to keep this fight standing. He'll likely get KO'd if that happens. Volkov, he's got the four-inch height advantage, three-inch reach advantage, superior striker with major, major knockout power. And I really do think Tibera might have problems getting this one to the ground. I mean, it's it's not just because Volkov is as big as a tree. I mean, he's six seven in there. Uh, but he's also got pretty good takedown defense. His, his TDD numbers are a little bit skewed because he fought Curtis Blades, the best wrestler in the division by a mile, and he got taken down 14 times. If if you take out that Blades fight, he hasn't been taken down in his last five fights. Last time out, he fought Ciro Gone, stuffed all four takedowns from Gone. And I mean, that's another thing about Volkov. If you look at his, U- his losses in the UFC, Ciro Gone, Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis, I mean, you're talking about interim champ, title contender, title challengers, the best of the best, all top five guys in the division. So I do think Volkov can keep it standing and either get the KO or fight his way to a decision here over Tibera. All right, that's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, man. A lot to digest. You are uh, heavily invested, dare I say, in UFC 267. We had to do it, man. Yeah. We had to do it. We, we got the big card. I, can't, I mean, I shudder to think what 268 is going to bring to the table with you. <laughs> who, who knows? I might release a cross 267, 268 parlay later this week. Wow, really? I mean, I've been eyeing it, man. I, I mean, wow, that's crazy. I'm not going to give away any hints here, but yeah, I mean, and we got Bellator next week as well. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. So, oh my gosh, yeah, the Bellator, they just keep coming. Yes, me, they keep coming. The fifth, the twelfth. In any event, uh, great stuff. Thank you very much, and good luck to you and everyone out there. Good luck to everyone out there, man. I, I hope everyone was the best. All right, let's get to on the nose. Yes. Everyone's favorite segment. Let's get to everyone's favorite segment of the week now on the nose, starring your good friend Ariel Hawani. It's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA fans. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has arrived to hear from the man himself, Ariel Helwani. Live from the Box Studios in beautiful New York City, it's On The Nose. And now, to answer your questions, get out of your seats and on your feet because here he is, Ariel Helwani. Thank you very much to Mike Heck for that tremendous theme song. I still don't know, honestly, what to make of that Sean Strickland interview. I mean, at this point, how many people have we talked to on this show and in my career? Over a 1,000? Yes, I think that's fair. Um, I don't know if it was offensive. I don't think it was offensive towards anyone. It was more just alarming and jarring. 
to hear a man so casually talk about things like death like that. So I don't know, man. I don't know. It took a lot out of me. I got to be honest. Like, I, I, again, I appreciate the honesty and the candor. I really do. Like, I pre- like, it's not an easy thing to speak like that. And I don't think he was joking whatsoever. It was just different. Um, it was very different. Yeah, a roller coaster of emotions today. In any event, uh, let's go to some questions. Arielhawani.substack.com is where you left those questions for me. Another great amount of questions have been left. Uh, 88 as of this very second. Let's get to it. Uh, Alex, Helwani Rewind of the Day, on this day. Oh, wow. <laughs> this guy found my tweet from October 27, 2011. That's crazy. 10 years ago today, I write, or I wrote, Dana White announces that John Anik, formerly of ESPN, is the newest edition of the UFC family. Starts in January. Congrats, John. Well-deserved. I wrote that. Now, this is what Alex writes. With today marking 10 years since this announcement, figured I'd ask you, for you, where does John Anik stand in the history of UFC and MMA media? Been a while since we've seen him on your shows. Hopefully, we'll get to talk to him sometime soon. I think he is the best play-by-play man in the history of the UFC. Just my opinion. Uh, I think he is the most well-researched. I think he is incredibly professional. I think the UFC hasn't had a lot, and it's no knock on Goldie, and I hope no one takes it this way. But I think that there can only be one. I think John Anik at this point has become the best in UFC history. And dare I say, I mean, there isn't a ton to choose from, but I hold Moro Ronaldo in very high regard. He's on the short list. Uh, He's up there. I think Moro is the greatest combat sports broadcaster of our lifetime, the most versatile boxing, MMA, pro wrestling, kickboxing. He can do it all. Um, But as far as MMA goes, solely MMA, Anik is up there. I mean, who else? Who do you put above him? And the UFC has some good ones now. Gooden, um, Brendan Fitzgerald. I think Sean Grandy does a great job for Bellator, and uh, I'd love to see more of him. Goldie's obviously a legend. Gus Johnson's run wasn't that great, but there haven't been a ton. So yeah, Anik's had a great run, and as far as UFC is concerned, I think he's the best. Uh, Ola Ariel from El Cubano. As everyone knows, Nate Diaz has one fight left on his contract. Hypothetically speaking, if Hamza Chemaev wins this Saturday, would the UFC try to book him against Nate? I do believe so, yes. Uh, especially if they can't get a deal done. They are go- L- Listen to Dana White's comments about Nate Diaz a couple days ago to Aaron Bronstetter. This is 101. 101. And it's the same with the Kayla Harrison stuff. And usually when you can look at the comments and digest them and read between the lines, you can actually find a bit of the truth. I think Dana White knows that at this point, it's probably going to cost a lot to get Kayla Harrison. And so that's why he says those things about her. And look, he's a businessman. He's a promoter. He's going to do what's in the best interest of his business, his company, his promotion, the UFC. Same with Nathan Diaz. If someone's on the outs, on the way out, in a contract negotiation, you're not going to see him go out there and publicly praise that person because then those words will be used against you. Wait, you just said I'm one of the best fighters in the world and you don't want to pay me? So yeah, if we get to a point, just watch. If we get to a point where it looks like Nate wants out, just watch. Hamza, Islam, pick one of those guys. One of those guys that would be a very bad style matchup for him. Then it's going to get really interesting. Now we're going to start to see who's going to win out. I mean, you got 
Vicente Luque versus Nate Diaz, that's not of interest. When you just did Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz, you've got Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz, and that's not of interest. When you just did Leon Edwards versus Nate, like, come on. We're all smarter than that. If Anthony Joshua was under the tutelage of Helwani Boxing, he would KO Usyk and Fury in under three minutes combined. I, I do agree. Can you start Helwani BJJ to teach Dylan Dennis? Lost cause. Dylan's got to figure out what he wants to do. This is this is this is no cap. This is in all seriousness. I don't think he's going down the right path. I think the the trolling and all that was fun to a certain degree, but this man is a great athlete, a great BJJ practitioner, highly respected in that world. I think he needs to remember that. It's fun in games at 2 a.m. to say you could beat Francis Ngannou, but after a while, it hurts your credibility. No one's laughing at this. They're laughing at you. They're not supporting this. They're rooting for your demise. You don't want that. You need the fans behind you. I don't care what anyone says. You don't want the bad kind of heat. Now, there's certain kind of heat that's good that will lead to people buying pay-per-views to see you get what, but I don't think that he's in that spot anymore. So, just my two cents. I tried to convey that, but I don't know if it worked. Uh, this is from my guy, Lewis. Happy hump day, Helwani. What are some of your favorite sporting slash entertainment events you were in attendance for? List off the highlight reel moments you witnessed with your own very eyes, with your very own eyes. Caveat to that, are there any that you were in attendance for that were more entertaining when played back at home? Shout out to Mama Knows if she still listens to each and every show. She does, and she sends me a text before each and every show, and she's the greatest of all time. There is no more supportive and better mother on this planet than Mama Knows. Now... Sporting events, tough one. Uh, I had some great moments at the Olympic Stadium with uh, my friends watching the Montreal Expos back in the day. I got to go to the last game at the Montreal Forum. The Canadians were playing. I got to go to the first game at the Molson Center, now known as the Bell Center, when the Canadians played the Rangers in 95. Um, I've been to the NBA Finals when the Nets played the Spurs in New Jersey. Never been to a Super Bowl. Never been to a World Series to some playoff games, baseball playoff games, Yankees against uh, Astros a couple years back. I think it was 2017, in fact. Um, wrestling, I've been to WrestleMania. Uh, I was at WrestleMania X8, 18 in Toronto, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown. So yeah, there's been some great moments. Basketball games, Knicks games at MSG, some Knicks playoff games. I don't know if I could rank them for you, but there's been some great ones. And that's in addition to all the MMA uh, games and yeah, usually when you're there, it's better. I'll, I'll say this: I'll, I'll overshare since uh, since Kane shared with me. Um, as I'm this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in this Helwani unfiltered Helwani, free Helwani, independent Helwani state of mind. I was at a one of my favorite moments, one of my favorite experiences as a kid, as a teen. I mean, at, at this point, I was probably more than teen. I was probably 21, 22. Oh, well, I know exactly what it was. Uh, 2003, I think it was. So I was 21. I was at Expos Giants with my friends. Shout out to Brandon Spark, who watches this show sometimes. My, my, my longtime friend, who I've known longer than the vast majority of the people that I'm friends with till this day. We're at Expos Giants, and the Expos are down 3 nothing in the bottom of the ninth. Bases loaded, Brad Wilkerson comes up to the plate. Now, 
I'm not a big vice guy. I don't really indulge. Not a big drinker, not a big smoker. I said to my friends, Brandon was there with me. I don't, I, I think Alan Dudkowitz was there. I could be wrong. And I said to him, and they would always try to get me to, uh, you know, partake in a little uh, wacky tobacco, as they say. And I said, all right, if he hits a walk-off Grand Slam, I'll do it with you guys. And lo and behold, he did. Look it up. August 2003, Brad Wilkerson hit a walk-off Grand Slam against the San Francisco Giants. And I'm a man of my word. I had to partake. So that was a great moment. Uh, Hey, Ariel. I'm a big fan of Yuri Prochaska. And it got me thinking, who do you think has the most exciting fighting style in MMA today? Hmm. Yuri's up there. Izzy's up there. Rose. Love watching Rose. Those are some that come to mind. Uh, If you are a wrestling manager from Will Brewer, alongside Kayla Harrison... What MMA fighters or pro wrestling stars would you want to be a Hilwani guy or girl? Oh my gosh, that is such a great question. I mean, I mean, Kayla's up there because I think we can run roughshod over all the jabrones in AEW or WWE. I mean, I would take her to the top. Um, Izzy, I like Izzy's style. Izzy's vlogs of him watching the fights in bed. Drinking, eating are absolutely hilarious. The last one with Marvin Vittori and Paulo Costa was fantastic. I think I could do big things for Francis Ngannou. I think I could be a mouthpiece. I mean, I could be his advocate and cut a mean promo on all the haters and all the people that don't support him and all the people who don't have his back, who don't push him and market him the way in which he deserves to be marketed. I think I could do big business with old Francis Ngannou. Um let me see here. I mean, of course, I've been saying for a long time that I think Corey Sanhagen at some point will be a champ. Cyril Gan, be you know, you see, I think the dynamic of me, you know, the 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 scrawny Jew with the glasses alongside the beast, you know, those 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 larger than life figures, I think that could be big business. I really do. I think I could do big business with Chris Cyborg. Valentina, you kidding me? I mean, you talk about a stable right there. You know, the one, there are some that don't need the help on the mic. But the best dynamics is when you got the manager who can cut promos on your behalf on the mic. Just, you know, look at good old Paul Heyman. Um, did I lose my spot here? Maybe. Okay. What is Sean Shelby like? Wow, what a question. Uh, Sean Shelby. You know, Sean Shelby and I used to have a really good relationship. Uh, he's a little curmudgeonly-like. Uh, and I don't really say that in a in a mean way. Some of my best friends are curmudgeons, and I love them for it. Uh, I don't think he likes me anymore. Uh, we used to kind of, uh, I don't know, butt heads a little bit on text, and I think he doesn't like MMA media. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's one of the greatest MMA. I mean, he's number two, right, behind Joe Silva. Uh, so I don't know why he doesn't like me. He's probably been drinking a lot of that haterade over at uh, Zufa HQ for a very long time. But I have nothing bad to say about Sean Shelby. I have a lot of respect for him. He's done a lot of great things. He was a huge part of WEC. He was given a really tough gig with Strike Force. He's probably overworked and underpaid, if I'm being uh, 100% honest. Uh, it's a tough gig. It's crazy to me that they have Shelby and Mick Maynard as the sole matchmakers for that entire company. And they don't have a lot of help. Like They don't have a ton of assistants and scouts. It's just them. That's insane to me. Yeah, you got lawyers and stuff like that. But in terms of like the signing, the hiring, the firing, it's pretty much them. Shelby has his weight classes. Maynard has his. Back in the day, it was Joe Silva and Shelby. So, I mean, he's tough. I hear he doesn't respond to text very quickly. 
and I could go on and on. But overall, immense amount of respect. Hall of Famer. If I was, if I was, you know, and if someone shows him this clip, and I'm sure someone will, and uh, uh, try to start some crap, make sure you keep this part in. If I was starting an MMA Hall of Fame, he'd be a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer for what he has contributed to the sport. Good morning, Ariel. Hope you are having a lovely day. For fighters like Dan Hardy, Michael Bisping, Paul Felder, and Michael Kessa moving from the cage to behind the desk and making entirely new careers for themselves, which current UFC fighters will make the best in-booth commentators slash analysts or media members in 10 to 15 years? For quality, Anthony Smith, Michelle Watterson, Michael Chandler, for banter, Sugar, Sean, Till, and Perry would be my picks. New subscriber, much love from the UK. Tough one. Um... Usman, maybe. Yeah, they're using a lot of the good guys. I mean, I'm sure there are tons out there, but no one that really jumps out at me. Yeah. I don't really have a good answer for that one, to be honest. I'm looking up some names here on the roster, but no one's really jumping out at this moment. I'm sure I could think of someone, but... Wonder Boy could be good. I think Kies is doing a good job. Um, John Strickland. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wonder Boy. Yeah, someone wrote Wonder Boy. Hola, Bapa. Following on from last week, this is neither a question or a comment. Real facts time. Uh-oh. If you're a fighter and you are too afraid to upset the guy you pay by utilizing the biggest MMA fan platform to help further your own brand slash image slash contracts. You are a fool. Bisping DC and Chael, the holy trinity of MMA, understood the game of pushing your own career and not some BS narrative your manager wants to push to better his own standing and financial interests. Wise up BS. All right. Enough said. Ariel, my man, you're the best in the business. Two-part question if you don't mind. They're quick. Who do you think is going to win Saturday, Hangman or Islam? He's a huge dog. We'll go Dan Hangman Hooker. Why? Because Islam won't come on the show. That's why. Uh, no, but that's a tough one. I mean, I'll respect Islam. He's going to be great. Probably fights for the belt in the next year. In your mind, do you believe Kayla stays with PFL or goes to Bellator or UFC? I think she stays with PFL. I think PFL is going to break the bank and do whatever they can to keep her, to make her happy. She's got priorities. She has kids. Um, I think that's very important, as it should be. No one should begrudge Kayla Harrison for following the money. That's what a smart business person, that's what a smart mother does, all right? You're, I saw a media member out there, and you know what? I'll call him out. I saw Mike Bond tweet something about this. I'll call out Mike Bond because he wrote something recently about me. I don't even remember what it was. Oh, the Tito Ortiz-Anderson Silva fight, and he didn't say my name, which is fine, but I did text him and say, hey, next time at least at me, bro. Uh... He said we should all something to the effect of we should all hope that she ends up in the UFC next year. And I wanted to write back, but I didn't want to get into the whole thing. I wanted to write back Mike, who I like very much, who I always use as an example of how you should break into the sport of MMA because he found the niche. He knows I like him. But I wanted to say to him, Mike, no, we should hope that she gets paid. Enough of this weird fantasy that we all hope that everyone fights under the same umbrella. We want our favorite fighters to get paid. We want the best fighters to get paid because the window is short. And at some point, they'll get old, and they'll get injured, and they won't be able to fight anymore. So screw your fantasy of everyone fighting on the same umbrella. By the way, with Julia Budd 
And with Megan Anderson potentially out there and other names, there might be more activity for her at 145 than in the UFC. There's one fight at 145 for her in the UFC. So it's not that big of a difference. Obviously, that fight is a huge fight, Amanda Nunes, but still. Um, how much do I have to pay to get Helwani Afro to grow? I think those days are done. I would love to have dreads. I've always wanted to have dreads, but I think those days are done. It's just so thick. It's, I mean, it's like, it's like steel wool up here. Big fan from Australia. I notice you don't follow anyone in the AFL. Have you ever watched the sport? Uh, the Australian Football League? Watched it casually, but I'm not a huge follower. I, I don't dislike it. I just, I mean, there's enough out there. Um, can I send you an Adelaide Crows jersey for your studio? I'd love to make you a fan. Yes, I can be bought. I mean, there's a freaking Everton cup right there, a mug. I went for my lifelong... Favorite team, Leicester City to Everton because they sent me some some gear and stuff like that. And Molly McCann, you know, convinced me. So, yes, you want me to be an Adelaide Crows fan? Send me the gear. It'll be on the set. The most prestigious set and wall in the sport. Ariel, I'm going to the Bulls-Knicks game tomorrow with both teams on the rise. Can we bring that rivalry back? Let's go. The Bulls are pretenders. They are, okay, wow, they're 4-0. Great. They're a bunch of spare parts. There's no cohesion there. They haven't been building anything. I mean, like, I I love DeMar DeRozan, but you're going to hang your hat on him? No. We've got Julius Randle. Did you see that game last night against the Philadelphia 76ers? We've got R.J. Barrett. We've got the returning Kemba Walker. We've got Derrick Rose off the bench. We've got Mitchell Robinson, who hopefully is going to be healthy now for a considerable amount of time. We've got the best free agent signing of this past offseason, Evan Fournier. The French prince himself. Yeah, that's right. I'm taking the nickname away from Frank Nilakina. Cyril Gunn can have it, but as far as the Knicks are concerned, he's the French prince. Knicks are going to whoop the Bulls on Joakim Noah Knight in Chicago. Take it to the bank. Uh, hello, Ariel. On your Monday show, you revealed that Conor McGregor toy fell and its legs broke off. It seems symbolic, seeing how far he's fallen. Oh, come on. Relax. What are your thoughts on his behavior since his last two losses to Dustin? Conor's a legend. He is uh, always going to be a legend. But yes, you know, you would... I, I, I don't love the tweets. I don't love the, the tweet to Tony. That one was uncomfortable to read. And I don't know if he deleted it or not. Um, you know, I know there's allegations out there. I don't love to talk about the allegations because, you know, sometimes they're true, sometimes they're not. And I don't think it's fair unless you talk to the people involved. But yeah, this isn't, uh, this isn't why people fell in love. And you guys know I have a lot of respect for him. And he's been very good to me. There's no denying that. And we hope, you know, that we have this, you know, I hope that I have this relationship with him where we can talk honestly about things, the good and the bad. Um, But I think people want to get behind a fighter, a person, a man, an athlete who they feel proud to support. And I, I, you know, he could do whatever he wants in his life, but I, I hope we get back to that guy. And I know that he's in a very tough spot. The injury for someone like that, it must feel like a caged animal. You can't train as well. Or as actively, you can't run, you can't do all these things. That's got to be tough mentally. And that's no excuse for anything, especially if the allegations are true. Can't be punching people, especially as a fighter, especially with a right, left hand like that. So I don't know. A bit. It's unfortunate and it's uncomfortable. I don't like the personal stuff. I don't like the family stuff. Leave family out, leave religion out, leave all that stuff out, please especially family. Number one, please leave family out. Leave wives out, leave kids out. You know, Dana White yesterday said, you know, there's no line. There, there has to be a line. 
There has to be a line. Like that comment that the Contender Series fighter said, Oron, like, no. Terrorists, no. And it's not, oh, we figured it out in the cage. That's, I mean, that's repugnant. And shout out, and the name is escaping me at this point. I'll look it up. First of all, shame on all the people who said, Ariel won't say anything about this. You people suck. And that's the truth. You people, I mean, you're only just projecting. You're only just exposing yourself when you say this nonsense. I'm doing a freaking show for four hours. You think I'm scrolling through Twitter, you morons? Where's the name? Where's the name? Oh, I don't want to butcher it. Javid Basharat Oron Kalon. Javid was the one who was called the terrorist. Repugnant by Oron. Where's the apology? It was nice to see them shake hands. Maybe it happened privately. But there has to be repercussions for some repugnant speech. It can't be where the ultimate proven ground where everyone's too PC. No. Family, politics, religion, leave it out. Please. No one wants this. It doesn't help. It doesn't, it doesn't make us proud. It doesn't make us more interested. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's nonsense. It's low-hanging fruit. It's too personal. It's, uh, it's uncomfortable. It's unnecessary. Stop it. And they could say, it's funny to hear that, but God forbid you talk about fighter pay. God forbid you talk about unions. God forbid you talk about revenue sharing or collective bargaining. Now you're a despicable human being. But all this stuff is great. No problem. Say whatever you want. What? What was going on here? Is there a way to quantify how good, bad a fight card uh, is? A fight night or a pay-per-view card is. Rankings are numbered themselves. So if a fighter is ranked 15 equals one point, ranked 14, two points. In this manner, UFC 267 is scoring 103 points. UFC 268, 101. Wow. 269, 100. Wow. Uh, is that fair? Uh, it's actually not bad. And that's kind of crazy that 267 has more points than 268. Why do main event fighters get four corner men and the remaining get three? Because they're in the main event and that's just, you know, you get a little bit more money. That's just part of the gig. Any chance of you doing any collabs with the morning combat guys? Nothing being discussed, but I'm not against it. Uh, Brett, a.k.a. Michael Sarah, what is the brand of the chair you are currently sitting on? What? What kind of crazy question is that? I have no idea, but I still don't like it, just for the record. It kills my back. Frankie, can you get me a, a a better chair, a more comfortable chair? I think you're fine. That really? That's the response. You think I'm fine? You try sitting in this chair for four hours, uh, Tony. Your question is way too long. You're asking me about rankings. Tapology. Go to tapology. Okay, you can rewind history and book one of these three dream fights that never happened: Fedor Brock, GSP Anderson, John Volante, Todd Duffy. Get out of here with this nonsense. Fedor Brock would have been great. GSP Anderson. I wasn't all that into it. Big gap, fifteen pounds in their prime. Ariel, first of all, congrats on your son's beast mode impression. First touchdowns are always remembered. Yes, he actually has a game at six, which I'm probably going to miss now because we went so damn long on today's show. Anyways, I personally think that the Usman Colby fight uh, stop was. Okay, let me let me calm down. Anyways, I personally think that the Usman Colby fight was stopped just a bit early. What are your thoughts? No, I thought it was stopped just fine. That whole thing was crazy. Are you a Colby fan? What's going on here? Colby still won't respond to me. Colby is the man. Colby cracks me up. 
the fights that I had on this man's behalf, if he had any idea, and I don't care, don't talk to me ever again. It's fine. I'm over it. But if you had any idea. Leor, my friend. Hey, Ariel, I finally made it to the MMA hour. I hope TST will not cut me here as well. He won't. You talked about how awkward you were back in the day in college, but you only went to see someone and talked in the past year. So how did you overcome so much before you talked to a therapist? Only love from Israel, even for the great TST. See you Friday. Um, Man, I don't know. There was something weird where when I talked into a camera with the red light on, I was okay. But then when the red light went off, like I didn't want to talk to anyone. It was just a weird thing. Push through, realize that there's only one life to live. And uh, I didn't want to regret things when I was 85. But yes, at times that was tough. But for some reason, when it was like Casey backstage with me holding the camera, that was fine. And I could talk to the fighter and have confidence and courage. And then when everything was gone, I was like, no, but I wasn't one of those guys. I wasn't, let me just paint a different kind of picture. Like I was never sheepish. I was never, you know, uh, shy around the fighters. I just, I'm not someone who likes to draw attention to themselves when the show isn't happening. Just, I don't know. I feel like most broadcasters are that way. And I'm not even like a professional broadcaster. Uh, My friend Abhisek, dear, dear Ariel, Aljo, I've seen him all sweaty with the champ, Brandon Marab. Has he been cleared? Not yet. Is there any sort of murmur about Zufa boxing? No. I always used to say, it's just a t-shirt. It's a sign. Where's Zufa boxing at? Oh, boxing needs to be fixed. Blah, blah, blah. Listen to me more. Fun question. Would you like Connor to resume his post-recovery career in boxing ring? No. Go back to MMA. Uh, a couple more. How likely is it that we see Nate versus Ferguson in 2022? I'd say at this point, unless he re-signs, unlikely. Last fight, it won't be Nate. Excuse me, it won't be Ferguson. If you had a million dollars to allocate to the UFC, where would it go? Past fighters or present fighters? Gosh. Just a million dollars? It's not going to take you very far. I'll go 500-500. Wonderboy has a YouTube channel where he posts striking demonstrations for videos. Check it out. Cool. Um, What brand, for the most part, are your button-ups from? You wear on air. A bunch of random places. Uh, Supreme... Uh, back before Supreme became like all like you know mainstream, I was I was hardcore Supreme like ten years ago. J Crew, um, some random places that I see along the way. No real people send me pictures from like Macy's and stuff. I'm not going to like you know I'm not going to the factory places. I get my stuff has character. Okay, this is not something that you just take off the rack. This is custom fit. No, none of them are custom, if I'm being honest. Where does the last name Helwani come from? Uh, Syria. It means um, like sweets. Apparently, my great-great-grandfather was in the pastry business. How about that? Okay. What is your dream opportunity? I mean, I'm living the dream. I am living the dream. I love interviewing people. If I could do this show every single day for the rest of my life, talking to fight like this, this show, come on. What more do we want in life? To watch Titanic. Yes, uh, Titanic would be great. Okay, just a couple more. I mean, there's so many. Uh, what do you think of the weigh-in show with DC and Sanko? I think they do a great job. I think it was smart for ESPN to say no mas. The weigh-in show that they do, UFC. See, look, I. this is why you come to me. Because I will tell it you like it is. The good, the bad, the ugly. The, and, and, you know, the producers at the UFC, which I consider buds, like we never had beef, they do 
a great job with that weigh-in show. It's the closest thing the UFC does to Inside the NBA, which I think is the best studio show in sports. It's fun. Um, they do a great job with it. They really do. So shout out to them. Sanko, DC, they have other fighters involved there. It's great. Do you think we'll ever find out the truth of what was going on with Nick Diaz before his fight with Robbie? I don't know about anytime soon, if I'm being honest. Uh, what's the craziest dream or nightmare you ever had? When I was a really young kid, I dreamed that uh, my whole family's heads were on a conveyor belt. And for some reason that, like, I, w I was like watching our heads on a conveyor belt. And that always stuck with me for some reason. I don't know why, but it was... Uh, it was weird. Can you pull back the curtain a bit on the quick dissolution of the MMA Athletes Association? Well, um, what I'll say is uh, I, I do believe some phone calls were made and uh, some people took their foot off the gas. That's all I'll say at the moment. What do you make of Paul Craig's last performance? He's the man. Uh, to the Oat Boy, what's up with Chael breaking news lately? He's trying to come after me. Back to the Friars for the Island Boy, Bubba. Um, yeah. Ariel, we haven't heard you mention This Is Us. I haven't watched This Is Us in a while. In fact, I need to get back to watching shows. I haven't watched shows in a very long time. Jesus Christ, there are so many questions here, and I think we're out of time. I uh, <laughs> Keep singing, I'm going, going back, back to Abu Dhabi. I'm going, going back, back to Abu Dhabi. Uh, listening to the Strickland interview, this is great. Holy F, this is insane. Um, not a question, but Andre Petrovsky, what a guy. You should have him on the show. Also, I think his French girl's comment was indicating he wants you to draw the picture that will end up on the wall. Shout out, Ariel. Very serious question. I'm wondering if you're an island boy. We talk about island boy. With the current debate of the best light heavyweight in the world, what is your current top five regardless of promotion? Ooh. Okay. Uh, I'll go with Jan. Corey. Glover Vadim. Jan Corey Glover Vadim. Jan Corey Glover Vadim. Who am I missing? Light heavyweight? Jan Corey Glover. Yuri. Yuri. Okay, last one. Can Ariel and Ali ever be friends? It's not on me, guys. It is not on me. I'm here. I come in peace. Love giving people a platform. Let me tell you something straight up. This is not my beef. A deal was made to try and hurt me. And despite that, I will forever be the bigger man. Um, and that's that. So any fighter wants to come on the show, God bless. You have a, an opportunity to come on the show. Screen, sit. Kayla does it. Derek Brunson. Corey Anderson did it once and he didn't do it. I don't really understand. But as you can see, we give you what you need. We give you the best personalities, the best interviews, the best access that you could get on any show. It doesn't matter what sport. And with that, I think we're out of time. We got some PFL fights to watch. Has anything happened yet? What have we, what have we missed? Don Madge just won. Don Madge just won. By submission. By submission. Round. By the way, there's a story to be told there. Uh, Don Madge was 2-0 in the UFC and then all of a sudden he starts off like what's going on he's in he's in he's in PFL what happened where did it go where did where did where did this whole thing go wrong with UFC I don't understand he was a big time prospect and now he's and he wins via was that the first fight first fight Don yep. Madge way to go so that means you're 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 off to a good start right 
Yep. Let's one go. For one Long way to go. All right. On that, I mean, this is fun. Say goodbye to us. Go to the PFL. Do your thing. See, again, PFL, PSP, no hard feelings. No hard. I'm happy. You're happy. If we could learn anything from Cain Velasquez, L-O-V-E, love. That's all we need. You can hit the music. Thank you to DraftKings. You want to end J-Check needs pay-per-view points. I'll tell you that much. Sean Strickland should talk to someone. Kane Velasquez looks great. He's filled with love. Ray Cooper is about to fight in like three hours at this point. Um, Rico Verhoeven is a G. That was great. That was the best Rico interview that we've ever had. I'm exhausted. I mean... Two shows a week with these names and these stories. It's fantastic. But I'm exhausted. A little cappuccino nice. That would be nice right now. A little oat milk. I love when they do the oat milk and then they do the little like heart on top of it. It's great. I don't know how they do that. I would love to do that. Uh, I'd love to figure it out. I'd love to own a coffee shop one day. I want to own a coffee shop. I want to have a Westphalia. I want to drive my Westphalia to my coffee shop and sit around and tell people about the way it once was. Maybe a little ayahuasca. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> wow. Verna Janjiroba, we're all pulling for you. You know, Sean Brady, if your boy wants to do it, I mean, the offer is still there. I don't know what's going on with the Titanic references and whatnot. If your boy wants to do it, the offer is still there. We shall find out on Monday who wins the fights, but also, most importantly, who walks out to Island Boy. And if no one does it, I'm going to be very upset and very disappointed in all of you that you have wasted all of our time. Dan Hooker, offer still there. You want to swoop right in there and make it happen? Let's go. Thank you very much to all our guests, Rico Verhoeven and uh, Joanna and uh, who else? Kane, Mike Perry, uh, Sean Strickland, everyone in- who joined us. Thanks, thanks to you. Back next week at that place, don't say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.